We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is... Well, he's not here. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then they have to do these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is one of our fun bonus commentary tracks. This is our uh, April commentary. And uh, we've been having a running theme throughout the uh, the year of 2018 so far. 20 years ago, Titanic was just dominating the box office. And... Um, no film was getting past its its mighty hole. Uh, so we talked about films that were destroyed in Titanic's wake. Uh, the first being Deep Rising in January, Dark City in February, and The Big Lebowski in March. Now, we are finally talking about the film that brought Titanic's number one box office run to an end. We could be talking about a Marvel movie. We could be talking about something that's more wholly appropriate. But we decided instead to talk about 1998's Lost in Space. The film... <laughs> By Stephen Hopkins, starring Gary Oldman, William Hurt, friends Matt LeBlanc, and a bunch of other people. Um, a film that exists. So, <laughs> joining me to discuss Lost in Space, we have from Why So Blue and the Colt Cinema Cavalcade podcast, Danger Podcasters Danger, it's Brandon Peters. Glad to see that William Hurt took the punch, got back up, and smacked Titanic down. Two tries for that man, and he did it. Also joining us from the Colt Cinema Cavalcade podcast, just call him Major East, it's Colin Bricker. Thanks for having me on. I'm ready to watch uh, two hours and ten minutes of a movie. Oh, and lastly joining us from Forbes, we're doomed, we're doomed, it's Scott Mendelson. You better watch out there, Aaron. That was some harsh and violent language you were using to describe Titanic's box office run. <laughs> that might be some coded language there. <laughs> uh, how are all of you guys doing today? I'm doing uh, very well. As good as anyone, I'm proud to watch 1998's Lost in Space. I can't wait to see some very dated special effects. I like how at well, least... That doesn't sound like a positive attitude. <laughs> at least some of us have watched... This will be the second time some of us have watched this in recent weeks. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, this is an exciting prospect, for sure. Uh, for those I'm, of you... I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure this is my second time ever watching this movie. I've seen this movie a strange number of times for some reason, because I don't really like it. But we're going to get into it anyway, so here we are. Uh, for those of you that don't exactly know what's going on or are new to our commentary tracks, basically Scott, Brandon, Cullen, and I all have the movie currently paused at about 10 seconds in. Uh, and when I count down from three to go, we're all going to press play and just start talking over it, just like you do with a commentary. The movie will be on mute, so you can just hear us explaining things that you probably didn't want to hear or are very excited to hear about the film. Um, if you are following along with the film, then that's all you have to do. You put it on 10 seconds, pause it, wait for me to say go, and then you listen, and you know it's going to be all fun. Um, and good on you for you know playing the movie with us talking over it. If you're not, if you're just listening to this in like the car or something, and you're just like, I want to hear about Lost in Space from these four random guys, then uh, yeah, you're going to have a fun time, because that's what we're going to do. And you have to do anything except just keep listening uh so yeah that's what's going to happen here you guys ready to go yes indeed and a shout out to mattleblancfanclub.com all right well let's do this uh three two one go now i want to leave an easter egg here for a possible future episode of um the out now with Aaron and Abe commentaries that uh, this is the maybe the first of two Stephen Hopkins films that we're commentarying this year. Hmm. So strap in. <laughs> I'm curious what the other one is. The other's oh, I know. Oh, I, coming. Yes, it is. You're you're exactly right. Yeah. Well, is yeah. it a dream come true? 
not quite. No, it, it, it's more of a something takes something. Uh, but oh, that's a that's another that's another discussion. We should talk about this movie right away because it gets a movie, going. A movie that takes place around 1997 <laughs> yeah. or 98. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the it's in the future. Regardless, this movie <laughs> is in the future because look, there's big spaceships and stuff, and they look mm-hmm. okay-ish. Um, so th- Scott, you probably <laughs> know accurate. this. Scott, Scott, you did probably know this already. This is a big like gamble for new line essentially right this is kind of a big uh, big play for them yes i mean it was an 80 million dollar picture back when that was a lot of money especially for but, new line like new line was their kind of yeah. genre studio from warner brothers like it wasn't it was it's more pretty for the, Lord of the rings yeah exactly yeah, yeah this was this was if i had to take a guess i would say this is their biggest budget movie up to that time having said that this was still an era where a movie like lost in space this big this splashy this expensive coming out in april was itself kind of an event. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So well, there's usually a spring break kind of movie. There, I mean, you get. I, we have to like, be loaded the, to watch it. Yeah, understand. Well, the, I meant like around the time kids were taking spring breaks, you get like I a loaded big yes. movie. Well, sure. <laughs> Go on. I'm done. Okay. Uh, well, let me just point out right Sorry, now. Sorry, I'm just watching the just watching the B wings that are in this movie yeah, somehow. I want to point out a, a number of things here because there's a lot to go over. But Lenny James is in this movie, who like now I know him is he's so like grizzled as Morgan on The Walking Dead, and he's like he's playing grizzled here like 20 years before he was really grizzled. So it's like he's really really going for a type here. Like I I would generally know him from like Snatch, like a couple years after this. Like that's what I generally know Lenny James from. Like, I can't believe he forgot these in Lost in Space until I started watching this movie. Um, and the other thing, and uh, Jared Harris too. We'll get to Jared. Younger. We'll get to Jared Harris later. Jared Harrison featuring not his voice because he's entirely dubbed. Um, this movie, what? yeah, you'll get to it. <laughs> it is not his they voice. Bo- they bond at all. They seventies Bond girl them exactly. Um, <laughs> the other thing is uh, Matt LeBlanc who's in this. Uh, this scene, by the way, this is like any Lost in Space fan knows. This is not Lost in Space. Whatever this is right now, <laughs> like this is like what this is a Star Wars movie that we're watching right now. Yeah. And that was obviously like the r- point of this scene. It was very much a, this isn't your father's lost in space. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very... This looks like a very good syndicated sci-fi show is what it looks like. It looks like yes. the prequel to Wing Commander. And yeah, honestly, you know, I saw this opening night. This played very well in a theater. Because it, it's exciting. Sequence. Yeah, it's there's nothing yeah. inherently bad about especially in 1998, there's nothing inherently bad yeah. about this beyond like, oh, it's just a couple of bros yeah. doing bro stuff in space. Uh, but it's fine. Like, it's exciting. If, if it was separated from Lost in Space, not that Lost in Space is some kind of holy property anyway, but if it was separated, it was just like, oh, that's like an exciting space adventure short film. But um, regardless, I want to put out, I want to put out Matt LeBlanc real quick because this is one of his five movies. Oh, I, oh. I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying that as a dig. It's just when you think of Matt LeBlanc, no, you don't necessarily think of movies he's been in. You think of Friends, but also you'd think, well, he probably has at least ten movies, just like every other Friends star. It's like, no, he only has five movies. That's wow. that, that's just kind of surprising to me. He's got Ed, he's got this, he's got two Charlie's Angels, and like a random World War II like comedy drama, all the Queen's Men. Mm. Well, Charlie's Angels, he wasn't even in it for that long, so it's just yeah. Like... He's like a he's like he's Lucy Liu's boyfriend, and like for like three scenes, <laughs> like, right? Well, so he's something when... like the star of the movie just happens to you know show up for a day. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was watching this uh, earlier this week, I, I felt like giving his idea. I was like, man, they're trying to play him like he's some sort of, and he comes off as like a Roger Corman level Brendan Fraser in this movie. Yeah, it's like like the yeah. best he could hope for. 
Well, it's it's oh. weird because this is like the one time like, you know, a movie that did you know decent to not good at the box office. The white guy didn't go on to get more movies anyway. Like that's impressive, I guess. Oh. <laughs> that's yeah. that's when we stood up as a society and said no. <laughs> I think you don't belong in movies. Partially, I think to his credit, he was very aware that people wanted to see him in Joey, and he was okay with that. Yeah, you know, he was very self-aware. Like, you know, you know, I, you know, he wasn't worried about typecasting. He was like, you know, I'm gainfully employed, making a character that people that makes people very happy. So as soon as Friends was over, he went and did Joey. He which, also saw his box office returns. So I mean, yeah, but I, yeah. Um, <laughs> Be fair, they weren't that much worse than you know uh, Matthew Perry, who I would argue, fair or not, took himself a bit more seriously. Um, but honestly, you know the men of Friends, I don't think not you know any of them did particularly well movie wise. David Schwimmer directed one great movie. Yeah. Did he direct the Paul Bearer? No, he starred in the. He starred in the Paul. Matt 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 Reeves directed the Paul Bearer. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um. But, oh, that, I mean, you know, that you say that, but like Aniston's had a you know pretty decent career as a movie. No, he said the men. He said the oh, men. Oh, the men. Oh, the yeah. men. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. In that regard, uh, what's his name? Matthew Perry has probably the best. Um, yeah. Even if it's not and, all that impressive, but like whole nine yards was a hit enough to get a sequel. And... Yeah. And the guy who played Gunther went on to give tours of the friend sets. So I mean, that's pretty. That's sad. And he's still making coffee. Yeah. <laughs> well, Matthew Perry, like, he is the king of uh, one season and done shows, it seems like. Like, he was given, like, every, like, all the time, like, Studio 60. Uh, and then the only thing that stuck was what, some CBS uh, Odd Couple redo? Yeah. That was like, yeah. Did that go for a couple seasons? seasons? Is that not yeah. on anymore? I just, it's on CBS, so I assume it's been on for like 20 years. Yeah, I feel like, oh, you hit gold there. Every time someone who's making interesting comedies on other networks are like, I'm like, oh, they get canceled, and then they go to CBS, and they get one for like 10 years, and I don't want anything to do with it. It's... <laughs> we're talking all over. There's so much There's so much to talk about with just Matt LeBlanc, so we're clearly losing parts of this yeah. other movie. But William Hurt is here uh, giving the sleepiest performances <laughs> for a leading man, uh, which is impressive because he's so good in Dark City. And he's not bad here because he's William Hurt, and he's generally very good in things. It's just like... He comes alive in the third act of this movie, and there's a precise moment when you know when he comes alive. But until then, he's just kind of like, "Yep, I'm reading lines." <laughs> like, that's well, you know what? what? I, I felt Did like you what? guys see the uh, the Indiana Jones cosplayer in that last scene. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, Brandon. I just wanted to point. No, that out. that's <laughs> fine. I was I was just saying when I watched this earlier this week, they made a mistake. They they focused too much on William Hurt and Matt LeBlanc, and the focus of the narrative should have been the kids, with, uh, with, yeah. with Heather Graham being the lead, mm-hmm. because the two males are jackasses. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, well, and, and Mimi, Mimi Rogers literally calls them on it, too, as far as pouring right. testosterone on the decks. <laughs> it should have been Will, Judy, and uh, uh, G- uh, Lacey Chabert's Lacey character. character. The other one. <laughs> the other one. Yeah. <laughs> The other, the middle child. Uh, it should have been those through those three with Penny. The adults and Penny. bigger support in there. Yeah, <laughs> supporting roles. It would have been. Uh, I mean, I don't think it, it would necessarily save the movie, but it would have been a far better approach, I think. Yeah. Than that said, I mean, got. if you got William Hurt and Gary Oldman and Matt LeBlanc, it's like, yeah, we should probably use them more than um, <laughs> than Heather Graham, Lacey Chabert, and child actor. Oh, <laughs> whose name I don't I used to think this was the kid from Malcolm in the Middle I'm like no that's not that kid 
and, and it looks <laughs> like him. Like it does. That. It looks a lot like him. Like, what do you? Hey, some people say, "Hey, he's my Will Robinson." You know, <laughs> well, sure, these people sure. based off the Netflix Name lost. In, based off the Netflix <laughs> Lost in Space series, it seems like that's gone your route, Brandon, as far as kind of putting the focus on the kids so far. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, at least more so uh, than we've seen. Uh, I'm only too deep in that, so. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm only too, but I mean, it does seem like you know they they're putting more emphasis on like look at how good the family is as a unit as opposed to look how good William Hurt is at uh, leaving his family behind to go on adventures with Matt LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. And and now Scott, you're here, so I was I was trying to talk. I was talking to Aaron. I got kind of uh, Wachowski Speed Racer vibes from these family in the house scenes and their dynamic a little bit. Yeah, just kind of like the look. Bit. Obviously, there's they're not nearly as moving. No, you know, there, there's a certain you know Speed Racer. Not to talk about Speed Racer is basically you know, the emotional beats come off as a live action Pixar movie. Um, that's one of the reasons it holds up. This is a more conventional, you know, a conventional family melodrama that mm-hmm. sort of has just enough, you know, emo- you know, family beats to sort of justify. Oh, we're not just about the spectacle. We're telling a real story here. Yeah. Um, and that's okay because you know, it's a Lost in Space movie. Um, and again, we were still at the point where. Well, you say that but it's like it's a speed racer uh, movie. It's not like that required it yeah. either. <laughs> um, let me rephrase that because you're right. You're right. This was still a point where taking a property like Speed Racer and making it relatively serious and relatively dark and throwing eighty million dollars at it was a, was unique. That wasn't you know that, that they they were still in there. How do we capitalize on Batman face? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this well, was this a good when... example of one that kind of sort of worked. And like yeah, you is... know, like post Stargate, post uh, Independence Day, like big budget sci fi stuff that seems to like work before Star Wars prequels start happening. Yes. Yeah. Well, and this is back when uh, your goal as a vintage popular TV show was to get a uh, live action movie rather than just uncancelled. Uh, yes. Like a remake of it or you get or like dark shadows was redone on tv but they would you know wipe it clean and mm-hmm. try to make it hip and new and modern in in different ways not so much adhering to like the source material and in you know in for every beverly hillbillies you got a fugitive or a mission impossible or even right. they weren't all flintstones so, so it's like yeah so it's like there is there were quality ones coming out along with bad ones so it's like yeah yeah the, i love the, the beverly hillbillies <laughs> i will fight you in the street it's a good cast. I'll give it that. <laughs> you got Jim Vardy and what? Diedrich Bader's in there and other yeah. people. I like the the Brady Bunch ones. Those the Brady. Are... Oh yeah, the Brady Bunch ones. Yeah, those, yeah, those are, or at least the first one. I can't. I honestly have no memory of this of a very Brady sequel. I, they go to Hawaii, right? I think that's the, that's the thing. Yes. Uh, yes. They they meet um, the mom's first husband or whatever. Tim. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Tim. Tim. Of course, Tim. Mathis. <laughs> Who else? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're we're getting a lot of like tough talk about why uh, Matt, Matt LeBlanc, Major West, is like the is perfect to be the babysitter on this mission, and how he's he's a, he's a loose cannon because he rescued his friend, risking a, a a billion dollar spacecraft or something like that. Just like a lot of nonsense. <laughs> well, and that's what convinces William Hart to bring him along. Yeah, he's like, we need a he's loose cannon. We need somebody who doesn't well, follow the rules. <laughs> he's somebody that will protect the family over the mission. Yeah, that makes sense. Now we get in to our kind of way. Now we get to the first build actor in this movie, Gary Oldman. Yes. <laughs> this was back when he was the villain in every four movies. Yes. Yeah. And this is a big. Yeah. This is a. I mean, in all honesty, Gary Oldman's never changed. He just got into like more popular franchise. Like he's always 
Like, I mean, Sirius Black is just, you know, a recurring character now as opposed to just being that odd one out in one movie. It, it's so odd, you know, as some, you know, we're about the same age, give or take, you know, growing up with Gary Oldman as sort of the definitive cinematic bad guy. And then, you know, the early 2000s, he sort of becomes like the overriding sense of moral virtue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, in, in obviously Harry Potter and the Batman films. Um, so they have like a 15-year-old working there? Is that what I understand? <laughs> well, this oh, is... discs! Mini discs! I don't exactly know how... Times. I don't exactly know how, back. how Earth works in all of this. Like, there's, there's, there's like, religious sex still, but there's, like, a utopia... Kind of, even though they got like an all-white family to go into space to do this whole thing, it's a weird. There's like a lot of things going on. Those two on. can't even walk convincingly. <laughs> like Matt LeBlanc and the guy next to him. Yeah. Like uh, first, he, first Matt LeBlanc couldn't salute. Like, and, oh, poor guy. Oh, you that know? is delicious. <laughs> but oh my uh, God. Matt, so Gary Oldman. He's 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 giving his all for a movie like which he tends to do anyway. You don't tend to. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he can more recently. He's very good at his job. More recently, there's a couple of like yeah, he's just kind of there. But like here, it's like he's in this movie. Like he's he's earning that first billing, which I find fascinating by the way. The fact that he's first billed. Um, um, I guess he's technically well, is he the, is he the biggest star in this movie? You think at this time? Yes. At right? this point in time, yes. Because William William yeah, Hurt just kind of opener per se, but Smith. you know. Dr. Smith or what? No, no, crap. I got the names confused. Ignore me. He's coming off Dracula, JFK, Air Force One, Fifth Element. Uh, Air Force One, especially. Uh, The the professional. The professional. But Air Air Force One's like a, that's a a giant summer hit with Harrison Ford. So yeah, that's a big, yeah. I mean, William Hurt has Dark City. Like, before this, like, that's... I mean, like, LeBlanc's one of the bigger names. Yeah, yeah, LeBlanc. He's at the height of Friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is height of Friends. Heather Graham's pretty big. Yeah, she's, she's, you know, new it girl. She just, yeah, she's, Mm -hmm. yeah, she just broke out. Lacey Chabert's on Party of Five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Myers stopped by the set and had roles for Heather Graham and Mimi Rogers. And Mimi Rogers. Mike Myers hidden somewhere there. Mike Myers ha- is is the is the robot. He's wearing all makeup for that. <laughs> I believe Matt LeBlanc was brought in like accent, but... Matt LeBlanc was brought in like last in all of this. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery had this cast had this role uh, before him. The one of the Boondock Saints, of course. Oh. Um, saw what is it? Saw the final chapter. Sean Patrick Flannery. The guy who aged <laughs> into twenty fifteen. The guy who aged into twenty fifteen. Marty McFly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, actually, Matt Matthew Perry was offered this role before Matt LeBlanc was, and then um, he's like, "Nope, let's uh, let's give it to Matt. Let's see what Matt does with this." Matt doesn't get a lot of scripts. Let's give it to Matt. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This is the first one I haven't been offered that involved a chimpanzee. <laughs> he does mention he makes a, a, a monkey joke in here, and I was like, "Oh, it's like." You know, foreshadowing. No, yeah, it does have a monkey in this. Never mind. Oh no, he's like monkey. When he's on the piloting the ship, he's like, "Ah, monkey see, monkey do." I'm like, little do you know, (laughs) you're gonna be throwing pitches to one. Where's Mimi Rogers at this point? Like, she's what's she coming? I think Austin Austin Powers. Powers, X Files. X Files. Okay. X Files. Yeah. Um, uh, like was the she first in? miss the first ex tom cruise miss tom cruise yeah that's yep. right. yeah the first mimi, beard mimi rogers is someone that people keep telling me that she's famous and like <laughs> i don't feel that way at all like i know about her but i don't care i don't know why anyone else 
She had it was in the mid to late eighties. She was kind of like a up and like like a like a passing the torch to Heather Graham here, where it's like you get this like five year stint of you know being yeah like she's, somebody, she's, and then she's you're got just, a lot your of, movies start not panning out. Yeah, she's got a lot. She's like what's her name? Like Mary Elizabeth Mantratonio. That's a, always a fun name to say. Like she's just kind of she's there and she's you know generally solid in things. It's just like she's not like a leading actress, but somehow she gets kind of like the wife role. Like. Well, and, and Mimi Rogers, yeah. like, was married to Tom Cruise. That boosted her profile as well. Sure, yeah. Well, yes. But, I mean, well, not this time, certainly. Well, there are certain actresses that, you know, ended up getting typecast as, you know, as they call them, re-actresses, where they yeah. are, as Aaron said, supportive wife for, you know, the, the, the token love interest, remember. But hopefully Ann Miller had a ridiculously you know, long run, not long, but yeah, busy run, Miller too, late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Where she you know, was the girlfriend in a gajillion movies, and unfortunately, when she aged out of that, there was nothing left because she hadn't really established herself as a particularly, you know, and I think she's fine, but you know, compelling actress of her own accord. However unfair that may be, um, and that's what happens with a lot of actresses. You know, you just wonder, you know, what happened to this person? What happened to that person? And usually, it's just they aged out of love interest roles. And there was nothing else for them. And then you become caring mom, supporting wife, or <laughs> or cougar, yeah. or like a cougar. Like that's generally part of the thing too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which because I, I Doctor so... Smith wants to save money on shipping. Flying <laughs> <laughs> coach get... is too much for him. Yeah, I get that Prime membership. Two days or it's free. I, Aaron, you were talking about we were talking the other day. You're talking about this movie, like trying a lot of things and I, I i felt like this movie <laughs> i feel like this movie's script and its production are against each other because i feel the the script is trying to go for some like ambitious ideals that the the production wants to just be a spectacle instead mm-hmm. and they don't quite meet up or and they well, hurt each other like yeah it's yeah it's kind it, of it does become a a mess <laughs> well it's cuz um, cuz i think the cuz i think the first half of this movie is you know, it's very watchable. Like, all this stuff is not... There's yeah. nothing inherently bad about what's happening. It's like, yeah, this all... If I'm going to see a movie called Lost in Space that's based off a campy TV show, this is generally how I accept... Like, especially in the kind of a 90s version of it where, you know, it's not your father... Like you guys said, not your father's Lost in Space. It's doing its job as far as making that work. It's once it gets to, like, the other planet and the time travel stuff <laughs> where it becomes way more invested in how how the stakes are and how serious it needs to be while moving away from the family fun tone of it because it becomes just a show about William Hurt, Matt LeBlanc, and uh, going off on their own mission and leaving the whole family behind. Stay behind, know? ladies. Like, that's literally what happens. Like, we're going to get to a point where it's the, the women are literally not seen for, like, a good 40 minutes of this movie. Well, I, oh. I, well I, you know, you're right. I remember when I, you know, I saw this opening night and the first half hour is good. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. And it does lose me when they get uh, lost in space. I like. I think the last, you know, the last thirty minutes or so are decent, and we'll see if my memory is correct on that scope. Um, but yeah, it's that, that middle hour that that is why I haven't watched this film in twenty years. Like the well, middle, I, there's like some stuff of like they're gonna get to another ship, and it's like a scene that feels like it's 
because this came, came out around the same time what event horizons last year yeah right? yeah like yeah. it has a mm. kind of familiarity to that in sunshine as far as this derelict ship that they go on and what they discover and that stuff's kind of because there's like a mystery but that's like an episode right there of going yeah that well and it, it's also a portion of this movie that could be condensed it can but it also like it, it, mm-hmm. it needs to figure out whether they want to spend its time on that ship or that planet need and the movie could have really used some cutting or getting on that ship discovering things and going quicker but then also at that point they needed an action sequence or something yeah but what helps is that it involves everybody in the cast like everybody's doing something in those portions where at the end of the film it's all william hurt he's doing all the lifting in that like there's some like some of the other cast members kind of pop in and out to say a line or two but One he, of my favorite action stars, William Hurt. William Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's just it, it it loses me for that reason because well it's just as I said William Hurt only kind of comes alive in the last like twenty minutes of this movie so it's like he's so him guiding most of the last half of this movie is like well that's not gonna do it for me and like you said this movie could have benefited from having a a bigger focus on the kids or the family unit as opposed to the you know the patriarch. Mm-hmm. Was so this... um this, this takes place on earth right now correct oh yeah that's how earth looks yeah there's okay. only like 20 years left on earth possibly okay these, these like suits are really complicated i'm sorry about, right? <laughs> look, at yeah. these, look at these suits these costumes they're wearing there's all looking kinds out, you of know, side and just thinking like how like brown and gray and gross it is yeah like, it's, a, they... it's elysium future that's that's what they want right but it's just interesting that there's like wor- there's world peace, but pollution is still an issue. Like really, like we couldn't agree on that. It's we like ready to stop fighting, but not well, it was to too late. Polluting. They made the peace, and it was too late. It's like Ready Player One. Everything seems basically fine, except for the fact that everything's failing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there's no, but there's in the Ready Player One world, there's no trolls. No one uses foul language. Like it's pretty okay. <laughs> it's a, it's still a dystopia, but you know everybody's pretty cool with it. Not not like Interstellar, where Michael Caine and John Lithgow are swearing up a storm as they lose all their corn and crops. There's those deleted baseball scenes that Nolan didn't use of them just commenting on the game. Oh my god, it was just ridiculous. Heather Graham's a scientist in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way. Just pointed that out. Better scientist than um, Tara Reid. In what, Alone in the Dark? Yeah. Yeah, or she's I, a biochemist or something in that. Something like that, and then you, of course we have um, Denise Richards in uh, "The World's Not Enough." Mm-hmm. That's the worst, hands down the worst. <laughs> mm, the Terry gets the edge, especially because the movie what involved. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Gets on a, what kind of schmuck hits on a woman right in front of her dad? That's well, what he, I was going to say. He yeah, did, that's what he, I'm saying. These he didn't guys know. are unlikable. He didn't. He didn't know though, Scott. Well, he does now. He does yeah. now. I mean, the, 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 just gross. occurred. Like, I'm going to put your daughter in deep sleep in a moment. Not a thing you can do about it. Well, goodbye, Dr. Robinson. Like, wait, I like, what? I wonder I like if I could you can see the artist drawing those on their face. It's fun. I actually I like that. I actually like that scene as far as how it shows the yeah. progression of those. I thought, actually thought that's pretty impressive. Oh, uh, it's the intense enunciating guy. Mm-hmm. The one thing that ruins Bye. the one thing that ruins these pods things though is like well, you watch this when the pods get like lifted up into place you can see like Heather Graham's arm move or something so they're not frozen it's like oh that ruined it I was I I noticed that the first time I see it I notice it every single time I watch this movie it's like they're supposed to be frozen and her arm kind of moves it's like all right see that looks like it's about ready to blow up yeah it's a big that tat. does not look like a special like a like a a good ship. <laughs> 
Well, it's got it's got a heat shield. It's got to get through the atmosphere and all this nonsense. Yeah, the ship is inside of it. I like the look of the there Jupiter 2. Or the Jupiter... What, what is this thing? The Jupiter 1? Jupiter, Jupiter 2. Jupiter 2? Is Jupiter 1 the like the, the thing you just launched from? And then it becomes Jupiter 2? Is that I think I think the one in the original show is the Jupiter 1. Oh, that, Jupiter 2. The Jupiter. Right, that makes right. sense. Regardless, I like this ship. I think it's a cool design. It does its job. Give me the the frisbee look with mumps. That's yeah. what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. It's like it's Menelaian Falcon light. <laughs> it looks like a loaf of bread <laughs> flying through space to me. I like the ship. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's really more of a kind of get, a Danish like this. We get some. Uh, we get some uh, looking at imaginary screen acting from uh, Matt LeBlanc here. <laughs> While he delivers exposition. The worst thing he ever did was talk about smell the fart acting on Friends because every time he tries to be dramatic, that's what you think of now. <laughs> it's like, oh, he we know what he's doing because he explained the move he has for deep thinking. It's hard to separate that. Yeah, that absolutely looks like it was drawn on. That absolutely. Here we go. Watch the watch the watch the watch the pods and watch the arm on uh, on one on one of them. It's gonna kind of. Oh, shaking. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of shakes yeah, a little. No. It's just something. It's it's not even that major. It just I notice it's like, well, they're supposed to be frozen. And you can see the <laughs> box around the ship and the mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Right now they know where they are in space. <laughs> <laughs> this is trapped in space. in space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in space. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's cause some shit, Doctor Smith. You know the the original Doctor Smith. They like try to get him a cameo, and he's like, "I don't take small pots. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worked in thirty years, but no small pots." This <laughs> was back in the era where you know the original TV stars came to be aghast and offended by this dark new interpretation. How dare you! Except for God, can, can you imagine the internet? shitstorm that would happen today with the first mission impossible well it did or it, it happened when oh yeah relatively yes i mean the fans were, yeah. they were mad about but fortunately but... the internet was in its infancy yeah they couldn't go on twitter and badmouth the movie because jim phelps <laughs> yeah how dare you pull something interesting with jim phelps same with um wild wild west to a degree as far as not getting um Who's the actor that plays with Jim West in the in the show? Will Smith. In the show, <laughs> shut up. In the show. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. He's a white man. Yeah. <laughs> white man, desperado. You don't. <laughs> Who played Cisco in the original show? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Robert Conrad. Um, I, he was very upset with what they did to the to the movie version of his show. There were a lot more people that were upset at what they did to the movie <laughs> show than Robert Conrad. <laughs> I like how we're supposed to take this robot seriously with its goofy robot voice as it's saying, destroy Robinson family. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. shooting laser beams that could kill them, but it's saying, destroy Robinson family. <laughs> like the most robotic voice yeah. you can imagine. <laughs> But I guess it, it speaks to the tone of the film, where this should be fun. This should be a fun family mm -hmm. adventure movie right now. Even though people... Yeah, it's, it's, it's PG-13, but it's not 
particularly violent. Yeah. Was... There's one offhand reference to the old captain being murdered, and that's almost the only on-screen death we see. Um, it is very much a jovial picture in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a PG Star Trek. It's not Star Trek First Contact. Yeah. I don't I don't know these movies you speak of, but anyway, the Matt LeBlanc's playing a robot. Now. <laughs> So I'm just lost in this piece of cinema. I'm sorry. Wow, everyone flies really far when they get hit by something in this movie. It's like flying across the room. Seems like there should be some safety measures. I guess it's an impressive robot. It's moving around a lot. Like it, you know, it doesn't feel like it's has to be like kind of picked up and put places to make it work. I remember seeing in the like the trailer that like they have, like the original head of the, you know, the robot from the show on the robot in the movie. Uh-huh. And then when I saw this robot roll out, I was like, what the, where's the head? Where's the other, ro- where's robot robot? <laughs> Not just yeah, this robot. like this sucks. <laughs> the best part of the show. These suits they're wearing are hilarious to me. I'm sorry. They're so like complicated. <laughs> I... They're so like, so bulky and weird looking. They have the logo on them. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 branded. <laughs> they look like there's something out of Pluto Nash. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Take that lost in space. <laughs> that might be Man, a compliment for this movie. Be fair, Pluto Nash cost a hundred million dollars. And <sighs> most of the pennies are on screen, relatively speaking. There's only one penny on this screen. <laughs> 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 That robot. That's all we got, folks. That yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're wrapping up the podcast. <laughs> don't don't tease me like that. <laughs> um, that robot, by the way, weighed two tons and required eight people to control. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not worth it. <laughs> I like how this ruse does not last at all. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc looks at like <laughs> he looks at his hand and sees, I guess, weird bar- burn marks, and is like, "Up, oh, you're a spy." <laughs> That's addition technology. Yeah. Actually, to to Matt LeBlanc's credit, he has good chemistry with Gary Oldman. Like I, I like them yeah. together the most, probably as far as combinations of this cast go. Like they, this is the first time, but not the last time that they work together. I know because he's on Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess yeah. spe- oh, it, right. it's I guess it speaks to that relationship. If like Gary Oldman was like, yeah, sure, I'll come with, I'll come to see Maddie's little TV show and be on it for like three episodes. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, he saved that movie the last minute. I owe him. <laughs> As we know from Sunshine, you need more than just a windshield to show the sun at this this at this close level. But mm-hmm. also, that's that's a that's a bad speed to be going at the sun at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, the, not the best. I'm sure whole integrity is probably uh, you know suffering right now. Yeah, it's like like I know you the, the brakes might not work, but do you have to hit the accelerator? <laughs> I'm glad this commentary is way more scene specific than our Big Lebowski commentary, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, move Mimi Rogers out of the way. Get a real bad Gary Oldman to open this giant container. <laughs> so, so they uh, in the in the new Lost in Space, one of their initial missions, they have 
or one of the original uh, conflicts is they have uh, one of the kids stuck in ice. I know, right? Jude, Judy, too, right? Yeah, I believe it's. I believe so. Yeah, they're they're, really... throwing, they're, they're throw, taking it back, throwing a throwing a little uh, homage to you know, Lost in Space '98. <laughs> Does the uh, the pilot and that constantly hit on uh, the oldest daughter? Uh, we're uh, only two in, so they haven't actually met. Yeah, they haven't got there yet. <laughs> He's uh, across the way. <laughs> In uh, LIS 18. Come on. <laughs> I like that. They had three minutes. That suit doesn't have sunglasses built in somewhere on that ridiculous thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really got to suffer in all this. I believe this scene comes. There's like a big special effects scene coming up where they go into hyperspace or whatever they do. Oh, they no, they do the music video, popular music video effect of that time that like Van Halen and Garbage use, where everything's like pause, but it does a full wraparound. Well, it's the, it was, and it was in all the trailers. It's an all consistent. It's an impressive effect for the time, especially with you know a big yeah. budget aside to it. But it's, I believe it like it's using something similar to what the Matrix was doing. Um, mm-hmm. but it, was, right. it was like the step before bullet time exactly and so mm-hmm. it, it, it um it's kind of that thing where it's like you have like dark city comes out a year before the matrix and this movie comes out a year before the matrix where they're all kind of tapping into an idea and then the matrix mm-hmm. is like all right let's do this <laughs> and it makes it like into a <laughs> cultural phenomenon <laughs> right it was that i mean they used to i mean i think the matrix actually did it with where you could show some movements and before that it was just like a you were in a ring of cameras and just whatever they caught while you were still that was you could just swing around like that yeah this is where i just don't care if she lives i I was about to say this is this is what we're supposed to be worried if um, heather graham lives or dies right now oh look at that (laughs) that shaking of that board was way (laughs) made of plywood Uh, yeah oh my gosh now, I I was I don't know. There's no subtitles in the Netflix version of Lost in Space, so I, I lost track of the the very specific dialogue to tell me how they got lost in space. But so when they well, go, well, I'm here to help you. Well, when they go into hyperspace, so it's not just a simple like they need a gate, right? That's the problem here. Like they need a gate to establish where they will go. Is that how yeah? It there's works? a gate, and they they were mm-hmm. being sent on a mission to build the other side of the gate. Okay, and and um, it was going to take them ten years, so. Once they were finished, everybody had 10 years to leave the Earth and get to the new colony. Uh-huh. Or start colonizing. So, that, yeah, they were just in charge of the, the end of the gate. And Gary Oldman's group was against it and in charge of sabotaging the gate, which mission accomplished. <laughs> so without the gate, though, they're just going to fling themselves into hyperspace and just they don't even know where they're going to go. Well, they apparently they were in the universe. Anywhere but here, and the hell, and the, and the hell dimension of uh, of Event Horizon, of course. Right. Well, <laughs> apparently, apparently they do get there, but they get there ahead of them. Yeah. Or at yes. the same time, yeah, 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 yeah. Or. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, I don't. To be honest, I've never seen the original show, but you know, the big twist in this film, if I recall, is that it's again, as you said, it's not where they're going, but when. There we go. Um, and again, I not having seen the original show, I up oh, here's the bullet time kind of sorta. Yeah, no, that's not a it's not a when factor because they go they're still in their time. It's just they go through like a time bubble 
and that and that's what like transports mm-hmm. them through time is that is that what but, but um well that's a look yes because okay like they like okay so matt leblanc and i like that scene, William Hurt. i like i like that whole sequence it's a fun action beat right there especially when it just explodes out of space i think that's pretty cool sorry go on it's 15 enjoyable seconds in an otherwise unenjoyable <laughs> two-hour, ten-minute movie. Uh, no, uh, so like they go through that bubble, they go through the annihilation bubble, and um, and then Will Robinson and Doctor Smith go through it too. By doing that, something happens, and will uh, like there's like the spiders that they'll come like mm-hmm. kill the women, and. Somehow William Hurt and Matt LeBlanc die during this time. They don't really say. So Will Robinson and Dr. Smith grow up together. And then Will Robinson invents time travel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's... No, we don't have to talk about the logic of time travel. But I'm just saying, them going through hyperspace doesn't transfer them ahead in time. It It just gets them to another point in the galaxy that happens to be very close to the weird time bubble that's come out of Will Robinson. It's a convenience. Well, but, they say, but they say Will Robinson created the time bubble by making that time machine. Yes. Is it, there's so a, what came first? Yeah, no, there's, it's paradoxical. I get that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Traveling through hi- Simply traveling through hyperspace doesn't make them go forward in time. Correct. They, they, but and then saying, I get... I, I guess... is someone better than Akiva Goldman should have written this because the, the concepts were too complicated for him to write. Or the rewrite guy did it. You never know. Or the rewrite guy. You're right. The hurt... no, seed was planted. Um, the thir- the hurt got close to acting right then because he got really angry at uh, Doctor Smith and started strangling him before. Uh, so if there's different him. time things like the ahead, of, these are like the second group of them going. We're watching, not the first group. In the timeline thing. The future's happened already, so we're watching the past. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, this movie's so much fun. Hold on, let me get on my <laughs> let me let me get my time helmet from Denzel Washington and Deja Vu, so I can understand this a little better. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kilmer, explain everything. <laughs> I really like Deja Vu. <laughs> I do too. It's funny. I, I was just doing random research for the Equalizer Two trailer. I ended up not using it, uh-huh. but that movie made a Deja Vu made a crapload overseas. That did over a hundred million overseas, which is really unusual. Right, that's a Washington movie. Jerry Buxheimer, huge. Jerry Buxheimer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it was bigger than Jesus. Because <laughs> Jim Caviezel is in it, playing a very oh, right. Jim Caviezel type character. <laughs> so, is the only way they get out of these suits by cutting them open? I have no. Well, he got like bla- He got like laser oh, okay. blasted, so it fused the suit or some nonsense. I don't know. Okay, okay. If I was you... gonna say like if, if the only way you can get out of them is by like, you know, like bo- using a box cutter to get into it. Not a great design. <laughs> Those suits were important because they're all over the marketing, but then they get out of them immediately after all this happens. Well, remember that Halloween? Everybody went as the metal suit, uh, <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, so and, cool. and we're like, where did everybody get these giant action figures from? Yeah. <laughs> slash domination dolls <laughs> you know this is one of the first movies that like the internet kind of blockbuster wise kind of told me it was no good before it came out you know oh i think because i was not i got i got uh i got i i was on uh, vacation with my parents at the time on spring break and we always go see a movie our last day and it was this opening night 
And I, I, I wanted Mercury Rising. They wanted Lost in Space. I lost. I was not thrilled. I just didn't have... This would be a movie I'd be like, yes, this is going to be awesome. But I think I was reading stuff on the internet that I knew it was not good early on. And I just wasn't thrilled to see it. And I, I was... That's right. I saw. I will say I enjoyed this more than Mercury Rising. You enjoyed this more than Mercury. I, I, I vice versa. Though. I uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back to Mercury. Not Rising. that either is like. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. I, the best uh, part of Mercury Rising is a Godzilla teaser. No, no. The best part uh, of Mercury. A whole different conversation. The best part of Mercury Rising is when Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin are like having a tough talk conversation down in Alec Baldwin's wine cellar, and then yeah. Bruce Willis like mm-hmm. basically loses the conversation, so he tries to one up Alec Baldwin by pulling down his entire rack of wine, so it breaks every single bottle. <laughs> it's just like he's just like he and he's probably has some stupid line do where it's like yeah we'll try to drink that and then he walks away like just it's just like it's a great scene because he's he broke all of his wine this <laughs> is such a dick move to make and then he I kills mean, him at the Hughes, end so i mean you know what happens but still miko hughes is a weird kid that's box office gold i mean that's all he did uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, hey men have penises women have vaginas <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic miko hughes right there right there yeah <laughs> and you know learn you know learning also Mm-hmm. Um, is this I'll... the uh, the greatest movie ever made? Everything like on this ship and their clothes is just gray. Everywhere. Well, we're heading into that late '90s, early 2000s, like everything's black and <sighs> like gothic just... type inspiration. It's just not engaging at all. Well, you have the sheer charisma of Mimi Rogers and William Hurt right here. So, <laughs> yes, that certainly does light up the screen. A lot of, a lot of well, I mean, you on. just had the sun. You got to tone it down. A bit. Yeah, you got to tone it down. <laughs> well, you got this this colorful time bubble just emerge out of nowhere. Also, anyway, I was gonna say I saw Lost in Space. Brown. I saw Lost in Space while I was on a camping trip. Um, we were in, we were camping and we came into town for a bit and we were like, let's go to the movies and we went to see Lost in Space and we got there late so we missed the entire first opening action scene. We when we got there, it was William Hurt tough talking, um, or, t- or or getting convinced that Matt that LeBlanc would be good for the job. So I never saw the opening action sequence of this movie <laughs> until tonight <laughs> until until I saw it later <laughs> on. I was like, oh, that's a pretty nifty action sequence, as I saw later on in life. So they still hadn't got lost in space. When you no, they hadn't got lost in space yet. They're uh, they're get they're get they're going they're preparing to lost in space. The important thing is that this movie answered the question of how they got lost in space. That mm-hmm. was no, oh, yeah, I, got, I had those answers, so that worked out. Those spotlights seem useless, by the way. <laughs> like they just got kind of like, yeah, <laughs> it's the, the worst things. Like, are they looking at a view screen or like the actual window or? Yeah, because they're coming out. They're coming out the side of the ship, but they're still looking forward. It's a very yeah. It's an odd thing, right? (laughs) And this movie still has those like '90s dialogue drops when you're doing something like this. When you're taking a property, it's like, you know how stupid this is, folks. You know when Matt LeBlanc's like, you know your your are your camper, your family's camper. He mentions Mm -hmm. that a couple of times, but like like Mm. like X Men had when Wolverine when they were talking about what do you expect in yellow spandex? It's like ha ha. <laughs> yeah, they're like facing the front of the ship, but this is another reading those lights. Yeah. There they are again. I Yeah, I can't tell if those are screens or a window. 
Well, while they prepare Good job, to, Lost in Space. While they prepare to engage the ship, let's get into the box office, because we like doing that here. Uh, Lost in Space opened, uh, Scott, you know offhand? $20 million! Uh-huh. Which was pretty big, because it beat Titanic, yeah. which only had $11 million in its 16th weekend. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the previous weekend it had fifteen, beating the Grease reissue. <laughs> that was that was number two. You couldn't even get a new movie to beat. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Newton Boys was the other debut at number nine. Oh yeah, it's number number Linklater film. Number nine is where it debuted. Uh, meet oh, wow. Meet the Deedles with Paul Walker, <laughs> um, and some other person that's not Paul Walker as the other Deedle. Um, who's not even listed on Box Office Mojo? <laughs> he was uh, that that movie was number twelve. Um, something called Ride. What is this? Oh, I remember this movie. This was like Saturday Night the Entertainer and like <laughs> like Snoop Dogg and random people. Yeah. But that yeah no, no yeah that was the week before this weekend we had uh, yeah Lost in Space number number one the first time in very very weak. there's where Lacey Chabert is like maybe I should hit on Matt LeBlanc too just make hey, sure it's that. ahead of its <laughs> it's ahead of its time man video blogging right yeah no, I was gonna I, yeah I made a note of that too and I watched this again yeah this is the most prescient thing about the film video blogging that's like YouTube <laughs> reviewing that's that's the biggest that the biggest got thing. it right that's the one got thing it. this movie predicted YouTube <laughs> Just remember that when all this futuristic stuff is happening in that scene, she's wearing like a futuristic fanny pack. Mm -hmm. It's like a little metallic little satchel. I like that Smith's like whole mo here was to smash every glass item in this room and leave it on the ground to make it easier for him to live. <laughs> I see. I do like these guys together. I like that there's just like this this level of rage they have against each other, and they kind of contain it, but don't. Like it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun piece of chemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, Mercury Rising was number three with ten million. Then um, you have Greece and Primary Colors, Wild Things. Man, the Iron Wait, Mask. John, John Travolta was owned in the box office. Travolta, <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. This was that time. Two movies in the top five. Mm -hmm. uh, two, two new movies, Grease the Reissue and Primary Colors. We had lucky numbers at the end of the year, if I recall. Yeah, smash it. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Who directed Lucky Numbers? Uh, what's her name? It's a... Who did... Is it um, is it Efron? Lucky. What was that? Who directed Lucky Numbers? Um, I know it's a Lisa Kudrow, John Travolta. It is Nora, Nora Efron. Efron. That was right. Yeah, I got it. Nora Efron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a movie I saw. Yes, yeah. so this one did. I think it did about seventy million domestic, about a hundred forty worldwide. Yeah, that's about, about right. Eighty million budget. Which obviously isn't good, but this was back during a time when marketing was a lot cheaper, mm -hmm. and there was a certain amount of safety in post theatrical. Mm -hmm. So over the long run, this film probably did make a couple bucks. Yeah, well, it also hit right at that DVD boom, also. So like, yeah, oh yeah, it was, yeah, it was basically one of the first. It, was it the first DVD or one of the first DVDs? It's one of the the, the first. Yeah, it's is, certainly um, up there. What's the first? I, I think I used... like Twister was the first. Twister, I, Twister. Yeah, Twister's the first DVD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Future this commentary. Is one of the first with just a crap load of special features. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. New Line, yeah. New Line really went, went forward yeah. with the. Yeah, they knew how to do it. They knew they had to get some way to, to get people to buy this movie because the movie well, wasn't going to do it. Well, they gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> it was included in basically every 
you know, this is, you know, for people significantly younger than us, when DV, the DVD first came out, you buy a player and then you'd send away for like five free DVDs and, you know, it's sort of a starter kit. And the titles would vary, but Lost in Space was in almost every single one of them. Mm. So I would say 90% of the first generation DVD buyers owned Lost in Space. <laughs> Somehow just I, because somehow I wasn't one of them. It was like I was all embracing yeah. DVD. It was like, yeah, I'm good with this Lost in Space well, business. I, I, was, I got my DVD player before they started giving a, giving away. My DVD player came with the player. Yeah, that's mine too. Mm. The first one I bought was the Matrix, which seems like yeah, Matrix is my first yeah. one too. Yeah, you know, that that's the title that obviously made DVD somewhat mainstream. Yeah, because it gave yeah. it like it wasn't just the film yeah. and, it, and it looking good. It was look at these interactive features you can have within yes. the movie. And, and then, it was uh, a film that looked phenomenal on DVD. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that was yeah. a, that was a major was, factor also. And it was the zeitgeisty hit of that year, even if you know obviously Star Wars made more money, Mummy made more money, yada yada yada. Um in terms of pop culture impact, you know, nineteen ninety nine at least the summer, you know, that, that was, it was the matrix. Um, yeah, it, it was the fury road of its day. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah actually. It's the best damn movie that came out that, that year or like, or least around that um, time. And that, then, was, uh, that was the spring break of 1999, by the way, we were talking about. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah matrix was, is yeah. like March, March 30th or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which you don't oh. necessarily think you're like, when did the matrix come out? You probably wouldn't guess March 30th would have been like yeah. when that movie right. happened. And again, it was still "quote unquote" early enough where a movie that big coming out in the middle of spring was a big deal. And even then, and it was kind it, of like an underdog. Like it had a hundred million dollar yeah. budget, but it was like it's it was a March a surprise. release. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it a was sleep. It was a sleeper hit. Giant bucks. Yeah. And well, because you know the last sci-fi film that Keanu Reeves had done was Giant Mnemonic, which was not right. beloved. Um, but the trailers were good. The initial reviews were good, and it caught on. They opened it on a Wednesday because they knew word of mouth would spread. And and was it was it Easter Sunday that Sunday too? Yeah, I I, I had to guess because I was just trying to think of that also. It was like that oh, because of yeah. Jesus. Like well, it play, well, would play a role as far as like a hard R or not a hard R, but an R-rated sci-fi movie around Easter. Not necessarily, you know, open it on a Wednesday instead to kind of juice the yeah. juice the box office a bit. Um. Yeah, that was that was. Uh... It was interesting because they, you know what, never mind. Never carry on. <laughs> this is, I was talking about this scene as far as, cause they're, this is where they're inspecting the derelict ship. And what I like about this is that it does involve like the cast, like the, the whole family yeah. is, is part of this mission. Um, and mm -hmm. it works. It's like you said, Brand. I mean, this is like, this would be like a typical episode of them. Like, oh, there's a ship. Let's go explore it. And like, let's see what yeah. happens. And it has, you know, it has an arc. Like we find the ship, we go inside the ship, there's bad stuff inside the ship, we escape the ship. Like, I mean, it makes sense it, for, like, a 20-minute episode. It's the second part of the cliffhanger of, let's escape the sun. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Part two. Well, and, that, and that's the challenge of, of a film like this, which when you're adapting, you know, an episodic TV show where literally, you know, literally every week they're hopping into a different place or a different planet... How do you condense the, you know, the, the point A to point B to point B to point C to point D journey in a two-hour movie where they don't even get lost in space until the 30-minute mark, and the last 20, 30 minutes are basically ending the story? Mm -hmm. So it's almost arbitrary the actual places they end up going to. 
you know, it's not unlike, you know, it's apples and oranges, maybe it's something like Wreck-It Ralph, where they're hopping all around the video game arcade, but really they only spend time in, you know, one or two games. And then it gets really bogged down in the Candyland game or whatever. Yep. Yes. Which I don't mind, but at the same time, it's like, no, oh, it's I like just... them. I like them going to games. Like, that's fun. <laughs> oh, I need more Zangief. Well, we'll see what oh. happens when Ralph breaks the internet, because it seems like he's going everywhere in that one. Sure, it'll all be a montage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this whole, this whole segment, I mean, every every cast member is involved, so it feels like something matters here, because like we're, the stakes are, hey, the family's investigating something weird right now. It's like, I don't well, know. I always love, you know, in sci-fi, I always love the whole, like, you know, mysterious ghost ship or like, you know, uh-huh. like in Aliens where they visit the colony that's already taken. That yeah. always, you know, intrigues me. So this would probably be more of my favorite parts of the movie, though. I think it is the expendable part if you're going to focus on what's happening on that planet needs a little bit more developed i suppose i mean i guess it's if i'm watching a movie lost in space the 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 ending of this movie probably isn't going to be they're found so it's like this is like well no (laughs) and and, and every 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 movie is going to be where are we yeah so the so the meat of it the movie should be stuff like this or at least something that involves everybody and not just like hey there's another planet and only william hurt's gonna have fun i guess Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I watched the the TV show on reruns on Sci Fi Channel, and I, I I I liked it, but I don't recall anything other than Kurt Russell's cameo, or Kurt hmm. Russell in a guesting role as a young kid in one episode. That's that's was my a, only memory of that show. Was he an alien kid? He, yeah, he was an alien kid on some planet, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. And I think my dad was just before IMDb, and he's like, oh, that's Kurt Russell. I was like, Kurt Russell. It's like, oh, I guess it is. Here comes the reptile of 1998. Oh god, <laughs> blarp! Like he's really there. <laughs> oh no! Oh, there's a part later in this movie where I think it. Oh, someone has like really poor like eye contact with one of the CG creatures or something. Now all the actors have to act against nothing, and when they're not talking to Heather Graham, they have to act against blarp. <laughs> hey, that's harsh. <laughs> What mm. I mean, every time I th- I, ne- I never remember that she's in this movie. Like, there's no, yeah. <laughs> there's, not much, there's not much presence that she's bringing to this role. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to bag on Heather Graham, but I, you know, I didn't think she was particularly well used in a lot of her big blockbustery type films. But you know, like like almost every person on Earth, she came alive when she guested on Scrubs for a few episodes. I mean, that show was so good. Tara Reid was good on Scrubs. Yeah, because they give those characters personalities and not just, like, yeah. that's the female. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, she's pretty... I mean, she kind of lifted off with Swingers, where she was really radiant in that movie. Yeah, because she has and then, a few minutes to... like a to, cameo. She has, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's an extended cameo. Yeah, no, it's this kind of, you know, like smaller is better type thing going on. Like, even, like, Twin Peaks, she has, like, a small, like, part in there. It's well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there's like when she gets like little stuff to do, but when you're making her a character, it's like for some reason they just kind of, well, I, not for some reason, for obvious reasons, they just gave her like role of the woman, uh, that the, right? the, yeah. that the other men hit on. Like that's well, that's what happens when you jump to blockbusters, or especially around mm-hmm. this time. Like it's that's what you get. Mm-hmm. You, you work hard to get support. That's it. I mean, she's female lead in Austin Powers, and mm-hmm. while she's having you know fun, I guess I can't, I can't say that she's doing all that well <laughs> like, no like, Elis- like like elizabeth hurley is way better in um the first austin powers than 
as far as kind I, of I liked her better than Beyonce. As far as being like, like as yeah. far as being like the foil, but also being like you know having her own like presence in the movie, like you know one, one outshines the other. Well, I mean, it's it's typical of that that movie though too. That movie goes a lot more fluff than it does substance compared to the first one. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's kind of fitting of that. And like Bowfinger, it's practically her satirizing her own self at that point, which is clever in its own way. But she, uh, she had Boogie Nights too. Oh yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's that's before the blockbuster type stuff, I guess, or at least yeah. like mainstream stuff anyway. You know, a big Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin movie, or a big Mike Myers comedy, or this compared to Paul Thomas Anderson's, you know, cheap drama, cheap three-hour drama. <laughs> so right. Two and a half hour, whatever. <laughs> These spiders are a mix of like threatening and like really stupid looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, they seem vicious. They also look terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the front of it is like all like terrible teeth, and then like, it, yeah. but the rest of it is just trash. Right? It's like pitch black without the knowledge to keep it dark. Did you see William Hurt's look there when the monkey was attacking uh, Gary Oldman? Yep. It wasn't the character being concerned. It's the actor wondering what the hell is going on. Yeah, that's his. That's his. That's his. His green screen acting right there. It's he's yes. he's like I miss the practical sets of Alex Proyas's movie. <laughs> oh, we can't shoot them. No, and and I happen to find William Hart a generally very engaging actor, but he is not well used here. No, he's not. No, like, yeah, I completely. That's oh. what I'm saying. He's he's typically yeah. great in things, so it's it's very impressive when you see great actors not necessarily be yeah. bored with what they're doing, but just not be like you know seeming to care care much about something well that's one of the reasons i bag on the incredible hulk was like i mean you know all due respect to, to sam elliott but how is william hurt not the best general ross how do you screw that up yeah well uh, he, he brought when the, when marv when feige was like wait we still have the hurt on contract and brought him back for civil war he, he seemed to get he, 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 he cared more there yeah, oh, yeah. i guess so i guess like Lu, the... Lu, Lu, Lu terrier was apparently not the person to channel the best of the hurt that's a shock. Well, it's it's like some actors just don't work in these big, like especially like uh like yeah. a Dane DeHaan, like good in indie stuff, but when he gets into, you know, big budget, like you know, like Spider Man, yeah. and then I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I not like, gonna I agree like with Valerian, you, Valerian, but he is. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with you. It's a weird performance. I think he's exactly what he's doing. What he needs to do with Valerian is what he's doing. I like, I like his Keanu Reeves and Point Break type. I do too, but it's very, you know. It's unconventional, which is what I like. And even his Green Goblin, I like what he's doing in the, in the Spider-Man Two. Isn't that the question of the day? Yeah. I like I like his kind of oh. detached performance. That he's you giving. like his campiness. <laughs> I do well, because yeah. because he's an actor that's so like he's so off-putting when he's not being campy that him being campy makes him even more interesting to me. Gotcha. Oh. Fair enough. Fair like he because he is someone I feel struggles with big budget stuff. Oh, easily. Because I because um, I, I don't. Some of that's just bad luck. Because I, 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 I have no, you know, I have on no, paper, the Avengers was probably a great idea. Well, like, I have no issue with Arnold and Batman and Robin, because, like, what do you expect Arnold to do? But I do think that Uma Thurman's work as Poison Ivy is like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is something. It's, it's equally <laughs> as bad. It's, um, it's, it's worse, because, Ar- like, what's Arnold, try- what's he have to face up to? If, I mean, it's like he's, it, oh, here we go with the Matt LeBlanc stuff in the, the, the room. But, I mean, <laughs> what, what, uh, I, I mean, 
like Uma and Batman, she's all in though. It's she's like, all like, in, she's but she's all in I, and stuck in that movie. Like, I don't, I, I don't dis, I don't not think that she didn't get the movie she was trying to play in, but that doesn't make that doesn't mean that she's good at it. I don't think it doesn't make what she did right. I don't think she's one of the problems. I think she's doing exactly what they're wanting her to do, <laughs> and it, even better than what maybe they were they're wanting her to do. I'm on Team Brandon on this one. Sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about that eventually. I mean, that's one of a few compliments I can give, but <laughs> fair, fair enough. But regardless, Matt LeBlanc's dressed like the gimp and shooting at space spiders right now. So we all can agree, Bane was the best. So. <laughs> yes, John Glover. John, yeah. John Glover. John Glover. Yes. Yeah. DC DC's uh, paid player, John Glover. Yeah, he, he got around. You know, Pat Hingle never brought much to the Batman to the Gordon character because you know, I love. Gordon as a character, yeah. so but Pat Higgle was never like really given much to do. I felt bad for him in Batman and Robin. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's been in four of these Which movies. And this that's, is the one scene, that's the one movie where he gets something to do. Yeah, he gets the most to do in that. One. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like... Although I do, I like him in Batman Forever when like when he's looking at the rooftop and like the Riddler's uh, side is there and he's really sad about it, and then the Batwing flies yeah. through and he's like, yeah, yeah. I really like. I like how excited he gets. Like... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Matt LeBlanc's still shooting at uh, CG spiders. <laughs> yep. I like this is a trailer shot right here. I like this shot where he like jumps through the doorway, kind of falls in. It's a fun little shot. Oh, it looks like something that was an accident that they kept. Yeah, no, I, I like it though. I, yeah. It feels natural. It feels, I like it, it because it, of that. Yeah, it stresses the dire nature of the situation. And I like this little bond. Oh, that Robinson's the, so cool. I, I, well, I like this. I like that the bond that this kid has with the robot, and he's, like, trying to, like, do what he needs to, but he's also thinking logically. He's like, well, I can't save the robot, but I can keep defending the family, and then he has to give it up. Uh, and it inspires him to make a new robot. That looks <laughs> old. <laughs> Old-fashioned. You were in me, Will. Our bond has increased. Plot <laughs> <laughs> point. Yep, yep. Things things to keep track of, by the way. So Smith gets scratched by this spider. Later on, his future self will have evolved into a spider. But yeah. by the end of this movie, <laughs> we still have regular Smith. Are we just like content with the fact that he's eventually going to turn into a giant spider monster? No, they cure him. Oh, they do. They? Do they? Yeah, I think they they figure it out. Yes. Make sure to point that scene out to me. <laughs> I don't remember this. I think they. And did. I just watched I... this damn movie too. I, I just I kept thinking, wait, isn't he going to still become a spider at some point? <laughs> That's just shoot him in the space. Yeah, bizarre stuff. Also, I like the idea of things scratching you and you become one of those things. <laughs> That's yeah. fun logic. But, you know, space, it oh. makes sense. Bad news to anyone who gets scratched by the monkey alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the <laughs> way, here's extreme. this creature this creature that they have no idea it could be carrying any number of diseases. Let's not quarantine it. Let's have it right on the bridge. Call it a change. It, it changes colors, Colin. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it was only found on the same ship with all those spiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it avoided them. Did you guys check him for a scratch? I like the spiders yeah. fly. Actually, no, I like this this whole exploding thing. This is like the end of the fun parts of the movie for me right here, actually, where everything explodes. Mainly because it's like, this is probably the coolest Matt LeBlanc's ever been. When he's talking about, like, I, I hate these spiders and uh, family barbecue and all this nonsense. And he just, like, blows the ship up and then decides to fly directly next to the ship as it's blowing up for some reason instead of turning away from it. You want the best view. 
<laughs> well, yeah, he didn't need the spotlights here. Look at what I did. Deep gene rebuild. Ooh, it's kind of well. dirty. Nothing about these schematics seem to indicate that you would turn into one of them if you get scratched by them so far. <laughs> yeah. And it takes a while. If anything, it just says you heal super fast. Like that, that seems to be what I'm learning about here. They have heat teeth. And they look so metallic. Like how? Yeah. I'd like to know what environment these things grew up into. It like that space evolution. Well, they're in that gray spaceship. That's how. That's what they grew up in. Or they're attracted to the heat. That's odd. Turning up the heat. You say. Come on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like the obviousness of a lot of these digital effects because i want to say like oh man the next year they just evolved so much faster but like fifth element was the year before this right yeah Mm -hmm. and that has pretty good effects that hold up the fifth element i mean it doesn't it doesn't involve too much cg effects like it involves a lot there's like a lot of paintings and uh, mats and um practical work obviously a lot of models uh, but I, I'm I'm struggling to even think of like something that's like completely CG beyond like some of the you know like the taxi cab or something in certain shots, which is that's easier stuff right. to do than yeah. Well, the city and I mean where he's flying through. I mean that's I mean well, it's, well that's, so that's I mean that's backdrop. Yeah, it's backdrop it's stuff. More... Well, I mean you've seen some yeah. of the backdrops here; they're obvious. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I, mean... I think they because of it was an original picture, so you don't have to pay for rights, and because there are less expensive movie stars. I mean, you basically pay for. Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis, there's probably a lot more money to spend on his production value. But you never have to have them on screen together, too. So that's another yeah. thing. Yeah. I, that, that, is, that is a factor. That's always, I mean, not puzzled me, but it's always been kind of weird. And no, then I, they challenged each other to a spring box office duel the next year. That was pretty <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> there's other movies, too, where, like, the hero and the villain, like, never meet. I can't think of them right now, but, like, yeah. I, I remember I that, mean, that's, like, a noticeable I, one because it's... What does Wrath of Khan count? No, because they're directly interacting with each other. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they, Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman oh, don't even uh, know each no other exist. old men. None yeah. of those three see each other face-to-face. Yep. Yeah. They're in the same room as one another at times, but they never come face-to-face with sure. each other. Sure. But they're still in like, like even like Josh Brolin and Sugar have a conversation over the phone and that kind of stuff. Like Bruce Willis, like doesn't even know about Zorg. Like it's, right, that's it's true. like he doesn't even like he doesn't know who he is. He does. He's not concerned with this person whatsoever. Like that's not a thing. And Zorg is just he's he's just trying to get a box or whatever. He, like he has he has no concern for a cab driver. <laughs> they have like no relation to each other. They're not friends. They're not enemies. They're just like people on opposing sides of what they're trying to accomplish. Makes sense. Anyway, they're on this space planet now, which looks remarkably like the pilot the pilot episode of the new Netflix series also. <laughs> Basically, when in doubt, go to Hoth. Right. Huh. Or what you think is Hoth yeah. isn't quite Hoth. It's not quite it's it's it's, it's Hoth light. <laughs> it's it's part it's part it's got parts of Hoth. It's Hoth in spring. It's still kinda cold, but there's other stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> Now we enter the uninteresting part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I like the idea is, well, 
they're going to be two guys arguing. Let's touch this angle a bit just to give it a little more edge. Yeah. <laughs> Hopkins! something engaging. Before we get to... I want to talk about Hopkins since we have time to talk about anything else but two guys yelling at each other. I want to talk about the box office once more real quick. The Spanish Prisoner opened this weekend in seven screens. David Mamet movie, which is really good. Hmm. And <laughs> it uh, debuted way down somewhere else, $124,000 in seven screens, but somehow still made $10 million. Oh, wow. Good, good on David Those Mamet. The days. That's, that seems entirely powered by the fact that it got two big thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert. Like, that's like the only reason I could see that movie making that much money. Because that is not a commercial movie <laughs> like at all. Campbell Scott, Steve Martin in a dramatic role. I, I point out, because it's one of his highest grossing movies. Like, the other is Heist with Gene Hackman, and that makes sense. But like mm-hmm. Spanish prisoners, like it's such it's such a random movie. <laughs> it's like somehow that made ten million dollars. It's good on him. Never in more than three hundred theaters. Anyway, um, let's talk about Stephen Hopkins. Where's he coming from? Nightmare on oh. the Dream Master. No, the Dream Child. I'm sorry, the Dream Child. Apologies. Before be- uh, before that, uh, or after that, before this movie, we had Blown Away, which we talked about a lot during our speed commentary. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm laughing because I mean, you know, I, I was old enough to rigorously pay attention to this stuff that summer, and everybody thought that Blown Away was going to be the big Mad Bomber movie that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's Speed a, was this weird punchline movie. He's a he's a pretty. I think he was a directed a lot of Twenty Four. Yeah, he yeah. Was one yeah, of the creators, more or yeah, less. Yeah, he's like a produce. He's like a yeah, like a life yeah. producer of the show. Um, it's it's his baby to a certain extent. Uh, Ghost in the Darkness was the one right before this. That's the magical t- lion movie, I believe. <laughs> That's a solid yeah. studio programmer, if I recall. That's one of the last, um, like, big Val Kilmer vehicles. Yeah. Like, and that was a banner year for Val Kilmer, let me tell you. <laughs> 1996. Did we talk Judgment Night? What is Judgment? I don't even know what that movie the is. The Cuba Gooding Jr. Emilio Estevez have a bus oh, on the wrong yeah. side of town. Dennis Leary as the villain. Yep. Pre, pre-Oscar Cuba Gooding Jr. Steven Dwarf. Oh, oh. He's, on Steven the, Dwar- oh, yeah. he's on the Jeremy poster. Piven. Yeah. Like, the oh. poster is Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding, and Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary's not on the poster. Oh, he's in the... Well, it depends what poster, because there's one with him, like, looming. Oh, I see. I know he's, he's looming. I get it now. It's just small. Yeah. But yeah, and Steven Dorf is on the poster. That was what was getting me. It's a don't poster. Don't move. Don't whisper. Don't even breathe. And then you'd think the title would be like, don't stop on the road. It's Judgment Night. <laughs> now that, see, Colin, they're scanning the, they're scanning the alien now. <laughs> hey, look, Ravy. <laughs> now. After it's like, you know, sat on us and like screamed in our ears and just rubbed its hands all over our mouths and faces it sure blinked, now it, it blinked sideways by the way it got the jump on men in black with that one that's or, how you know not to trust it or it took sorry it took it took the um took, it took from men in black for that one this creature is also surprisingly trusting of a species it's never met well he's outnumbered it, he's got a he's got a no it's it's a big party of five fan mm, okay all it's right the, it's the one show that ship got Hey, wait, you know what? You know how they say that the women were all, there was like uh, spiders that stowed aboard and, and the women were killed by them? Maybe it was, that thing got scratched and they couldn't find it and they turned into one. Oh, wait, no, wait. It's it's uh, 
ends up being Smith that killed them all. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you talk Don't about this, but fan theory on me here. In the um, in the deleted scenes on the very packed DVD, there is a deleted scene involving old Blarp. Mm. And old Blarp is when they still were using a like practical effect for Blarp, and so it's this like monstrous giant thing that's hideous looking, and it's it's just it's disturbing to look at. Kind of think maybe I prefer that. I don't know. Get an image of get an image of Blarp that hitting on her. of the old Blarp. Yeah. And you might think a different way. Anyway, Stephen Hopkins. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, twenty four is a big thing for him. Uh, the life and death of Peter Sellers. Uh, the the I believe was that an HBO movie or is it just like a yes it was HBO right yeah with uh, yes. Jeffrey Rush who that won like a bunch of like Golden Globes and Emmys and stuff if I'm not mistaken. Uh, old Blarp is awesome. I'm just gonna say okay. I, I, I will I'll fully go in on Old Blarp. He looks like a remnant from Jabba's palace. That's uh... a. <laughs> yeah, there's still 57 minutes of this movie left. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah. It, I mean, we're twenty about twenty minutes from having a, a reasonable feature down, and no, we're 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 still we're we're still we still have to wait for one of the major characters to be introduced, old Will Robinson. Yes, old Willie. Once again, these scenes are these two still work with these two together. Like this is really the the, the key, the crux of the movie right here is these guys. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, well, Olin's the best extent, of anything. To a certain extent, they're both extremists. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense that they would, you know, clash accordingly. Like they even, have the most chemistry of anyone on the screen well, I, I, in the rest I, of the movie. Well, I mean, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm even curious if like if if Goldman Goldman added more like scenes of them together, or the script always had this because it's you know these are characters neither of them are involved with the family, so it's like why are these guys constantly getting scenes together? It's because they're they're really good. Like <laughs> they're good scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're going through, I mean, there's a lot cut from this movie, and when you're going through editing it, if someone probably figured that out and was yeah. like, okay, we need to stuff this piece of crap with this well, they probably i mean matt leblanc i assume probably tests well with audiences at that time too so it's like mm-hmm. well let's go to make sure to have all the scenes involving him mm-hmm. oh he directed that stephen Hawkins directed that race movie with uh, the jesse owens movie mm-hmm. is that like the last yeah. thing he's probably filming yeah some tales from the crypt too uh-huh. yeah. uh, the reaping um... with two-time academy award winner hillary swank oh that's right it's a movie. A Joel Silver movie. Joel Silver and Zemeckis. And Downey. Susan Downey. Some murderous row of producers on that one. Hmm. You're a solid two-star entertainment. <laughs> I saw the... I've never seen The Reaping. I saw the end of it oh, on yeah. HBO. And it's like, wow, this movie goes into some supernatural territory that I did not expect based off the trailer I've seen mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's... I'm not going to say it's good... But it was pleasant enough to watch on DVD. It's Swank's End of Days. Yeah, pretty much. And it has oh. Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Judy's let her hair down for this scene. <laughs> New She's dim- warming to him. New dimensions added to Heather Graham's character. Oh, this is where he draws a wiener on the window. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the question mark with an arrow pointing to her. <laughs> and then he says, how you doing? Yes. <laughs> oh, Porky Pig's still a thing in the future. Just like Oreos. 
pretty garbage drawing a porky pig. That's a that's a that's Netflix terrible. that's a Netflix TV show joke that Brandon just yep. made there. <laughs> For you fans of Lost in Space listening. You uh yeah. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Who, who draws Porky Pig? Like, what is that ever like the go-to drawing that somebody makes? Because <laughs> yeah. he, he was trying to tell her, you know, that's all, folks. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got. You saw that big space scene? Yeah. We're gonna come up with some time travel here. A convoluted old Will Robinson with a spider smith. Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. Well, this this whole movie has been pretty, you know, like it's been moving along. Like I don't care what's happening, but like there's it been moved. action. <laughs> yeah, stuff was happening, and then it's like, all right, let's just stop. Let's yeah. just have conversations for a half an hour. And maybe we're following like Matt LeBlanc, like because we have that old that long Oldman scene to this. Yes, like, right away. So it, that's. It's weird because, like, Scott, you talk about this a lot where, like, older superhero movies, you, they don't have the budget to have nonstop action. So the counter was, okay, we'll have character development that's generally pretty yeah. good. And this is a movie that it's basically following that model, except the character development's not very good and the actors aren't exactly bringing too much to it either. So it just kind of stops dead in his tracks watching all this. Agreed. You don't, start, you don't start doing it until halfway through the movie. Like, by that point, it's too late. Should be doing this stuff first act, man. Come yeah, on. That doesn't help either. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's almost, it could almost make the case that this is the first movie and the sequel crammed together. Yeah. So this is, um, Akiva Goldsman wrote the screenplay for this. This is his first movie he produced, um, as well. Um, he's coming off of the Batmans and a time to kill. Actually, he had the client too, right? He was a Schumacher guy. Like it was, it was yeah. he was Schumacher's guy for a while before he became Ron Howard's guy with a uh, Beautiful Mind, which would go into that and Cinderella Man and Da Vinci Code and all those movies. Um, but for a big while, he was like him and like David Kep were like the '90s guys for like blockbuster screenplays. It seemed. Uh, close your eyes. I'll imagine that Will Robinson. What? It's my time to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> when does when does Goyer start catching on too? As far as like writing big budget movies, Blade, Blade, and like yeah. well, Dark. I mean, Dark. I mean, Dark City is not really big budget, but I mean, it's the same. This it's this also because yeah. before before that was like Death Warrant for Goyer, uh-huh. one of his biggies. Yeah, or is it was his, was that his first one? Mm. Let me see. <laughs> Make sure you type the S. I did. I never forget the S. I will be right back. Yeah, Death Warrant is his first one, easily. And then, yeah, you got a Kickboxer sequel, Puppet Masters, The Crow. City of Angels. Yeah, The Crow Crow City of Angels. That's where where we started. My Crow. (laughs) That's where he starts his... uh, Yeah, that's... uh, And Iggy Pop. That's where he starts his his comic book movie uh, uh, tenure. Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Oh. So uh, Akiva Goldsman, he's um, he's had a real string of not great, uh, between Winter's Tale, Insurgent, Fifth Wave, Rings, Transformers: Last Light, Dark Tower, and all in a row. How many more opportunities is this guy gonna get? I, I'm very curious how many collective sighs there were when the Dark Tower was announced, and they're like, "But Akiva, Gold- Akiva Goldsman's been right. Yeah. He's gonna write it." <laughs> 
Oh, where's Scott so we can talk about Dark Tower and how he's quoted on the box saying, like, it's a movie. He'll know. He'll know when he gets back. Yeah, Idris Elba is in this movie. Like, that's the quote. <laughs> I think wow. I showed no, I showed him that I got yeah. the review. I was like, "Hey, yeah. dude, <laughs> they, they dot dot dotted you." <laughs> you can't tell that from like the pictures of the movie. It's like enjoyable. <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> well, our always time... favorite one was uh, I think Scott and I used to talk about uh, what was the Drew Barrymore Cinderella one. Ever after, a ever Cinderella after, story. and the quote I was like, "Drew Barrymore is Cinderella." It's like. Okay, <laughs> that was like the quote on the box. Like, Drew Barrymore is Cinderella. I was like, well, yes, that's <laughs> just to gather that from the poster. Yes. Just, just so we're keeping up with things, the time bubble that they're currently inspecting has a big radioactive symbol on it, and they're debating whether or not to walk into it. Yes, just making sure that's clear. <laughs> it's like I feel like if you see a radioact- radioactive stamp, it's probably not the good idea. And, and uh, William Hurt's like, shut up, kid. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Boy genius. (laughs) I'm the only scientist here. I don't care how many robots you reprogrammed. Yeah, I'm the only scientist here, except for my wife. Jack Johnson is this kid's played by Jack Johnson. He's much shorter than I expected. After this movie, he'd pick up a guitar and age fast. Yeah, he'd talk about his bubbly toes. Mm -hmm. Scott, you back? Nope. All right. I want to hear that dark tower quote. This is his one and only role, apparently. Oh, no, he has more. Ro- Never mind, he has more roles. This is what his one movie. He'd go on to Air Bud Five. Oh no! I'm trying to see if you're no, kidding. kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. He looks like a kid that'd be in an Air Bud movie, right? <laughs> he acts yeah. like it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, you're back. Um, yes. What is your quote on on the dark tower? Oh dear. Well, I, I'm sure they didn't use that. <laughs> it's something because we're talking about Nikita. Cool. about Idris Elba. Like, it's, yeah, it's like is a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, uh, Akiva Goldsman, yeah, he's uh, certainly had a career um, that's given yes. him a lot. It's given him lots of money <laughs> to write a lot of movies that were hits. Um, his produ- his and produ- then he stopped doing that. His, produ- oh. his producing career is actually kind of is a, is a little more impressive. Um, I, I have Scott's quote. Yeah, what is it? It, it delivers Idris Elba as an action hero. <laughs> that is a correct and accurate statement. Scott Mendelson, the Forbes. <laughs> to be fair, they asked my permission and I said yes out of pity. <laughs> Well, that's, that's we know better. you didn't like it, but this is the nicest thing that was said about the whole well, movie. Let's, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's be, let's I be did fair. Give it a, he, Scott, I did give it a very mixed positive review because yeah. I kind of enjoyed the moment. Scott has well, one of the, the more positive. Is. It's yeah. a mixed, yeah. well, mixed pick aside. Like I, I, I thought it was a nothing. It was like, why? Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel exactly the same after seeing this. <sighs> oh, is this where Matt Wong seals the deal? He's, he's about to leave, Whoa. I think, and he's going to be like, "Okay, well, don't you know, don't miss me or something." And she's like, "All right, here, let me give you a kiss." Well, they have had a conversation where they didn't argue, so sure. Yeah, she wore him down. <laughs> or vice versa. Pretend, <laughs> right. pretend, pretend I'm like Bugs Bunny when he dresses up like a girl. 
That's space, folks. Waiting for the scene where Matt LeBlanc walks in with no pants on. He's like, look at me, I'm Porky Pig. Could I be wearing less pants? He's doing his Chandler impression. Is, there should be a. Is there? There has to be on YouTube somewhere a re-edit of the Lost in Face with um, the Friends theme to introduce all the characters. <laughs> I'm gonna search that right now, actually, because that needs to be a thing. I think that that's become a new internet rule that if it exists, there's a Friends like or like '90s sitcom opening. Yeah. Well, the Friends opening is particularly popular with a lot of these right. ones. Right. Yeah. I think it's because it's so 90s with like the font of the names and everything mm-hmm. like it just fits really well and all you gotta do is just take random clips of people doing stuff from whatever you're you know referencing and it, it'll work mm-hmm. so far this is not a thing and I'm very disappointed in the internet well get to work part- what about a party of the party of five intro <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants to be free damn it Oh, that thing really just infected him. Yeah. Are they going to have sex? Blarp? <laughs> well, her and the, the monkey. Blarp, yeah. the monkey's certainly making an effort. It's already happened. Well, I mean, oh, what, what are her deleted options? Scenes? Deleted scenes. Oh, they're stargating. <laughs> Uh-oh, now I'm, I'm even more bored now. That's a very thick barrier, apparently. You had to drag him through to make sure you get all the way. What happens if you just yeah. stay in it? So this is supposed to be radioactive, right? And the future. And the future. <laughs> they, did, they're not wearing anything to protect them from the radiation. They're just saying, F it, let's go. They they did they uh, they threw oh. they threw Blarp in there first and you know he's, <laughs> he's They're he's not up. saying F it because this is a PG thirteen movie. They there, they're saying screw it. <laughs> Aaron, they do have a a lost in space. Emily's reasons why not opening. <laughs> in fact, there, that, in fact, there's more of them than episodes aired. Yeah, that makes it the second episode of Emily's reasons why not. Right, <laughs> oh boy! Remember when that happened? Canceled after one episode. That never. Yeah. Happened. That rarely happens. <laughs> That's in, especially with like a high-profile star. Anyway, well, I think uh, mm-hmm. did Lucy Hale's life interrupted or whatever get can- life sentence get canceled yet? They had like two episodes, of, like the lowest rated drama in history or something. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I'm as much to blame. I didn't watch it. Yeah, but is, is Lucy Hale in the same league as like Heather Graham as far as starring in like big movies? Ah. Uh... I'll tell you this right now. I don't That's know who Lucy point. Hale is. <laughs> like, I, she's really? in tr- she's in Truth I've or Dare. I know that, and I yeah, I've heard that. I assume she's either on a Disney show or a Nickelodeon show or something. You need to Real get into Pretty Liars? Little Liars. Come on. Oh, Pretty Little Liars. Okay. Disney adjacent on Disney Family or whatever. <laughs> ABC fan. Free, sorry, Freeform. Freeform. That's right. I'm sorry, Scott. You're a big Big Little Liars fan. Or, sorry, Pretty Little Liars fan. Big Little Liars <laughs> is way different. Something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of little liars on TV. That's all I know. Yes. This whole upside down thing was a big trailer shot. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, more, Lacey more. Chabert, cooler than Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just as controversial, though. 
Is Logan Paul on the Netflix one? Is that what this is? <laughs> no, Logan... <laughs> You're gonna criticize me about Lucy Hale. <laughs> Logan Paul is like on this 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 YouTube this famous YouTube. Oh, the YouTube ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know who he is. I'll show you who Lucy Hale is. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to say, unfortunately, we unfortunately we all know who he is. Okay, I, I, okay, now I get the reference. I'm sorry. That makes sense now. Uh, okay, so this is where they start. They, they still don't get the fact that they've time traveled. Like that's what's happened right now. <laughs> like there's so much obviousness as far as seeing like Lenny well, James. Like, no, like they're just figure it out. They're well, just this whole movie's so grounded. They're, they're, they're just, know, the characters mm. wouldn't think of something like that. I mean, okay, fine, but at the same, I'm kidding. I was <laughs> shut up. Okay, <laughs> not serious. I guess it's more because like they're on the other ship and they saw like old Lenny James talking. It's like, why is he so old? This doesn't make sense, but it can't be anything else. Like it's, and then they, they're going through this whole time stuff's happening or like the bubble thing, and then they finally go through and they see a sign that says Jupiter two, and it's like. Oh, I think I get it now, but like the Oh, uh, but we're there's like, more than one Jupiter too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we're like 14 steps ahead of them, so it's like that's another reason why this whole, you know, second half of the movie is like so like just nonsense because it takes so long for them to realize what the hell's going on. Hey, Will Robinson realized it. They just told him to shut up. <laughs> 40 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 of that's credits, right? Right? <laughs> right? No, unfortunately, it's a not like a lot of CG in this. A lot of CG. Probably not many think. artists, but it's, a lot of CG. This, this is probably the worst movie we've done in quite some time when it comes to these I'd commentary say it might, tracks. It, it, it's, a, it's a contender for all time, maybe. On these commentary tracks. I'm trying to think of the last like bad movie we did. Like Deep Rising's fun. Um, Arrival's a good movie, but we didn't have much to talk about. Yeah. Right, yeah. Same with Fallen. Uh, we had to struggle to talk No, we had to struggle to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, let me look through here. Um, yeah, anyway, talk about the... Uh, oh, here's where, here's where this bonding happens. In any other movie, these two have interact, would have interacted already, but this movie's waited till two-thirds of the way through to get them to start oh talking to each God. other. You, you know, they could have like done something with Oldman to hint to him turning into a spider that we wouldn't we wouldn't realize it we just know like a, like a tick or something he do yeah. after getting like something subtle and there's nothing yeah, he's just like well, what, a reference to is is like he has a gooey wound in his back yeah but uh, we don't know it's going to do anything yeah yeah but... we have no that they they dropped it's almost like they came up with that later um which they very well could have been like we got to fix this movie let's make it more, more convoluted but you know you're you're right Aaron like you know, the show Dr. Smith and Will Robinson. That was a major part of the show. Exactly. That's most people, that's all people know. If they know two characters, it's Dr. Smith it. and Will Robinson because he's always in danger because of and, uh, mainly because of Dr. Smith. Right. And, and you know, we've got forty minutes left in this movie, and now it's, it's over. It's an over two-hour movie, and it's just now they're meeting. Also, why is Lost in Space two hours and ten minutes? <laughs> exactly. That's, what I'm saying. And that's where it needed trimmed. Like this thing should be an hour forty. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, nobody I mean, in the studio had to. They had to have seen this and been like, shit. Like, even, trim it. Even back then, I think there was an implication that a movie like this being longer than two hours meant that it was a more serious and yeah. more important picture. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, if you had a piece of crap, you also trimmed it. And there's yeah. no way somebody had extreme confidence seeing this. Um. 
I no, think, you know, uh, you watch I, it on theater, like, okay, this is relatively interesting meat and potatoes entertainment. Yeah, no, I... I 20 can... years ago, the special effects were decent, and, again, this kind of movie didn't come out every week. Alien 3. Uh, that's more entertaining. <laughs> I'm just looking at mm. the... Spawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spawn. He's got short. I might, I'd rather watch Spawn than Yeah, this. Spawn's 90 minutes. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, that's yeah, the I would answer. rather watch Spawn than this. It's debatable because I know at least Scott and I really like this, but X Men: The Last Stand. I really oh, like I, this, I, but I, it's, I, I, we're yeah. it's more more. It's, uh, meet I watched it a hundred times before meet, I watched meet, this. Meet, oh yeah, it's also strangely a hundred for like an hour and forty minutes, despite having the most mutants up until that point. <laughs> 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 and it has that house battle, which is better than anything in this movie. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. true. What were the reviews on Lost? I know Ebert was like two stars, if not one and a half. I'm trying to. Think. Let's see here. I think Ebert was the star and a half. 27, 27% in Rotten Tomatoes. What's the score, though? The score is 4.7. So, yeah, it's almost at a five. Well, you know. That was an elaborate, like, set they did for, like, one scene of them running through, like, a field. It's like they really had to, they had to, yeah. they had to pay a lot of money, I'm sure, to, like, make that whole thing work, and they just go there for, like, a minute. Like, this scene here looks like a really, um... It's like a laser tag arena. Well, I mean, yeah. as I say, it looks like an old Doctor Who episode, but with a really good budget, is what it looks like right. to me. Good budget for laser tag. Oh, yeah. Like I play laser tag here, yeah. Yeah, a rejected Dagobah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the theme park Dagobah. Yeah. Hmm. Not Penny's Grave! <laughs> do you get it yet folks do you get it why'd they bury just the women next to each other <laughs> maybe they all died at the same time oh here's Ebert yeah one and a half his, his log line it's got cheesy special effects a muddy visual look and characters who say obvious things in obvious ways <laughs> special effects aren't as bad as I thought they were going to be but no yes I agree with what he said well, it's because he so gets... how muddy it looks. Ebert got annoyed when it would overtake the movie, and this certainly has scenes where they overtake the movie. <laughs> and I think he was... All, because he was riding the Dark City train all year, he was particularly pissed at any movie that would, you know, attempt to not be imaginative despite being a sci-fi film. Mm -hmm. oh, here's Jared Harris now, by the way, who is not speaking in his own voice. He is entirely dubbed over. I have no idea why, but that's what we got here. Too British, maybe? Madness. Then why'd you cast him? Well, I, I mean, I assume he did his, you know, he did a, an accent, or, you know, an English, an American accent, but even then, I, I don't see Jared Harris not being good at this. In fact, I just watched Dead Man, where he has a small role in where he's doing an American accent, and he's completely fine. They, they told the original uh, Will Robinson actor, who, uh, you know, lent his services apparently to play this part, that audiences would be confused if he played it. <laughs> Because they remember you as an adult? <laughs> like, they, just, they just didn't want Billy Mummy in their movie. That's yeah. what happened. That was probably their way of being nice about it. <laughs> You're not cute anymore. You're like Ron Howard. Get the hell out of here. I would have entertained that idea, though, if they brought him in to play the older Will Robinson. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, 
that's creative to some degree as far as like oh that's fun like it's in the future mm-hmm. so why not and then you can make i mean they brought they brought, they brought, they brought to tie them together they brought fucking leonard nimoy in for all those star trek movies or the the, the, the reboots to make well, it, it, was, it was the same part though yeah but well you know what i'm saying though i mean like they rebooted the series yet still had the same actor playing the older version of the character right I mean, well, that, I what's think... this? I mean, like, what... oh. older Will. That's he's a, a subtitle. Oh, there's a big CG blob in the middle. It's, it's fun. That looks nice, I guess. William Hurt is still not in this movie, by the way. There's, <laughs> I, 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 there's a precise moment when he enters this movie. This is he's still not there. Also, so is, he, cre- is as- he creating what like Doc Ock was making in Spider-Man Two? Yeah, of course. Is that what Doc <laughs> yeah. Ock was? Yeah, Doc really Ock was leaning towards time travel. He was he was going to go back in time so he can understand F. Scott Fitzgerald. Did, wasn't there something like that in Tomb Raider as well? Like some yeah, big, yep, yeah, yeah. They what they're going to mend the relationship between Angelina Jolie and John Voight. That was the time travel plot for that one. Hmm. And Daniel Craig would come along for the ride just because. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Serenity also has like a big glowy thing in the middle of its like finale. Big glowy mm-hmm. things are fun. Like if you can't get a big blue beam in the sky, big glowy things in the center of your room really work. <laughs> With stages built around them. Stages built around, like, yeah, because like it's you... containing them. Exactly. Yeah. Like if we took this down, man, this this energy thing just wouldn't be a ball anymore. It'd be mm-hmm. all over. Yeah, it'd be everywhere, but <laughs> because we've contained it. <laughs> There you go. Have at it. Jump in. Time so is travel... he just gonna like jump and be in space? space? I I can't I can't. Oh, what I like about the time travel is like them showing the. I always I like this anytime you show like footage of scenes that already took place from a different perspective where it supposedly should be like a security camera or something, and it's just scenes that you saw in the movie already. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh... it's like where were these cameras? <laughs> when did this happen? So I like that the, the time travel that you look back to is just scenes from earlier in the movie, as if like they directed them through time travel camera. <laughs> like star trek 3 where they put a copy of the uh, wrath of khan and vhs to watch the uh uh letter nimoy and uh god divorce kelly scene at the end of the two like oh it's the exact scene from the movie which Spaceballs did parody hmm. we've done a lot of good commentaries <laughs> looking through this list of stuff we've done <laughs> johnny mnemonics here i guess that's probably on the lower end I'd, i would rather watch johnny mnemonic than <laughs> My feather's not coming to the rescue. Sorry. <laughs> As I mentioned, by the way, we're following entirely William Hurt right now. Like, we've had no scenes beyond, like, some oh, yeah, Smith no. stuff. Like, this is so... Like, the, the women are gone from this movie now. We get a quick checkup on them with, like, a couple throwaway lines. Yeah, because Pe- like, Penny... Yeah, we haven't yeah. seen Mimi Rogers in ages. Yeah, no, she's gone. Like, he's, he's, she's, she's dead at this point. I mean, they're in the future. She's literally dead in this movie. They said her gravestone was sufficient. This is where he tricks him. Wiley Dr. Smith. Easy there, Dr. Smith. It doesn't see what doesn't help is that like the kids established to be so smart, so it's like now you can start their relationship where he probably wouldn't fall for this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, if you get him early on, where it's like he wouldn't necessarily see that, 
then I can. He's like science smart. Maybe he's not. Street smart. Street smart. Smith smart. Smith smart. He's like Reed Richards. I thought, you know, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, I think he does something to the gun where it's still not active and he's playing him. But I'm like, oh, wait, no, nope, He's just dumb. Yeah, he's pretty dumb. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Super genius, whatever. I think you're right. I'm coming at the end of these commentaries here, which you've done a lot of. <laughs> I'm not finding one that's like legit, like, like Alien vs. Predator Requiem is probably the lowest. Oh, I... I... I, I would rather watch this. that than this. Yeah. Yeah, Even some... though you can't see anything in that movie, but it's also like eighty minutes. Like so it's, oh, not, it's, yeah. it's not yeah. it's not a long movie. The Stallone Judge Dread. That's probably on par with this movie. Although Stallone oh, gives it automatic. Team, yeah, yeah, Stallone, yeah, Stallone gives it and the dynamic duo of him and Rob Schneider give it automatic like, you know, credence right there. Yeah. At least there's like funny stuff. I don't mean like intentionally funny, but you know, stuff you can enjoy. This is just gray. Just just watchable. Like that's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we did a Clash of the Titans commentary. This movie is less colorful than Judge Dread. And that is not a bright movie. Well, the middle of that movie is stuck in Mad Max world in the desert with Max von Sydow and, and stuff going on. Oh, Ghost Rider. No, that's the worst one. Never mind. Done. <laughs> the first Ghost Rider, which is also as long as this movie. I would rather watch this movie. No, this movie takes over Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Found it. <laughs> that was a long search. Anyway, do we got Spider Smith net? Nope, we're still dealing with Jared Harris's fake voice. Oh, there he is. Boom. Yep, there yep. he is. Yep. Looking like the uh, merchant in the Resident Evil games. What are you selling? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is... I, this is... Yeah. Who made those clothes for him? Did he do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, there's the shot of the, the stuff. I'm still on watch for when he gets cured, by the way. I, wa I want to know when this happens. Cause... Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I thought okay. I, I think I, I thought I remember them curing him. But... Yeah. Uh, no, uh, if there was a sequel, that would have been part of the plot of them trying to cure him. Oh. I remember back in the 90s when all they were thinking were franchises and trilogy starters. <laughs> well, to be, in their defense, they didn't. After the film didn't make that much in North America. Right. Um... The other thing is, this was one of the first movies that I can recall that didn't really end. You know, yeah, even right. something like The Fugitive was a complete story. Uh, Starship Troopers was the first one that really stood out where, you know, the movie didn't end. Oh, I see. Where basically okay. it was just like, okay, well, we're going to stop now because we've reached a relative. He's finish. afraid! Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and that was shocking to me. Was time. that how the book? Was that how the book ended? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I can't. Ima uh, I can't imagine it being much. Like, I'd, I'd ima I don't. I wouldn't. The, the I wouldn't, book and the movie are very different. I know, but I, I wouldn't think that because I mean, they're both. You know, they're both. Yeah. They're both commentaries, so it's like it's hard to. 
You know, right. It's, it's well, I right. mean, the movie, though, while I, I, I hear that, it felt conclusive, though. We, we came to a natural... Well, it's, I mean, it's a movie. I mean, yeah. it has to have yeah. some kind yeah. of arc to it. And this, like, th- th- this, yeah, this, this section of the story is over is what it was. It was yeah, like, the it, movie was over, but this, this part of the story was done. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, I see I see what you're saying. And, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of anything that's, like, beyond, you know, now. But, you know, stuff like this at this time. Beyond, like, obvious, like, sequels, like Empire or something like that, where it's obviously designed to go into a next one. Um, I mean, you know, even something like The Matrix, for better or worse, you know, that movie could be over. That story yeah. could be over yeah. at oh, the end of The Matrix. Um, Maybe it should have. Eh. <laughs> Aaron and I, you know. <laughs> Reload, it's a better Reload. movie. Reload awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a better movie. Yeah. Everyone's allowed to have their opinion. Enjoy it. It's a fact. A fact. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, other movies now that don't like actually end. Well, it's it's something that's more common these days. Yeah, these days. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of yeah, be around now. The round table is set. Ahoy. Um. Prometheus, right? What? Prometheus. Yeah. I mean, it it I mean it ends that part of the journey, but there's still some things left to. Well, yeah, but that, that but that's Super that's, Mario that's... Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Super Mortal. Yeah, the Mortal Kombat's right. Uh yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, Mortal Kombat, the first one. Well, Mortal Kombat actually got a sequel though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even with Super Mario Brothers, if I recall, they defeat Bowser. <laughs> yeah, they kill Bowser. It just there's another adventure. You know, it's it's yeah. It's, the same with Mortal um, Kombat. I mean, they win the tournament, and then there's just another yeah. tournament. <laughs> um, but no, for example, if this film had been like The Fugitive, they would have gotten lost in space, saved the day, destroyed, defeated Doctor Smith, gotten back home, roll credits. Right. Well, don't you think a movie like this is written so it could incorporate possible sequels, though? Like even if it's yeah, not it's based off an episodic. Especially, you know, in today's mindset. But back then, I don't want to say it was surprising, because it's not like I was going, oh, wow. But it was, you know, I wonder, you know, how are they going to resolve this? How are they going to bring this film to a natural finale, even though the whole point is that they're jumping from space to space, striving to get home or quantum leap, blah, blah, blah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) Um I suppose, I guess, yeah, I guess a TV show adaptation like this is a little more, as opposed to something like Brady Bunch or yeah. even Mission Impossible, which is just mission by mission, this, that the whole crux of that show is the fact that they are lost in space. So yeah. it makes so a hang little... On, hang, hang on, there's still women in this movie? Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're back. Yeah, they, they, they're back now. No Mimi Rogers, though. Yeah, no, she's gone. No, <laughs> she, she's taken a Dramamine. Uh, uh, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's in the back sleeping. It's like you guys does anyone, take care of it. Does anyone know if the original Lost in Space show had a conclusion? They they get stuck on Gilligan's Island. With the Fair enough. <laughs> let me see. <laughs> uh, let me see. Because I know the Fugitive was basically the first long-running serial of that nature to actually have a finale. Yeah, he caught the one-armed man. Yeah, it was a you know hundred million people watched or something like that. Yeah, it was, he had like a huge record at the time. Yeah. Uh, and Fraggle Rock was the first kids show to have a finale. Mm-hmm. Let's see, it only had three seasons. 
<laughs> That's back when like epi- like seasons would be like thirty plus episodes. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing. I'm sure there's some person that's like yelling at their iPods like, yes, it did. So uh, <laughs> apparently in the TV series, The Lost in Space, they, they didn't in the end, but they visited Earth a number of times during the season. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing that cool. now. It just got canceled. Yeah. 83 episodes. Wow. They didn't make a hundred. Mm-hmm. That's great. Because yeah. I mean, back then your seasons were like 30 episodes. Yeah. And like Gilligan's well, Island had the same thing too. Yeah, like that ran for three years at 120 episodes. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Gilligan's Island had the same thing. It got canceled, but then they had a movie where they actually do get off the island, but then get stuck back on the island again at the end of the movie. <laughs> so... I think when they met the Globetrotters, that's when they were rescued. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> See, well, like it's it's weird how this stuff is boring to me. Like, there's like a giant yeah, yeah. mute. There's a giant mutated Gary Oldman and Jared Harris debating whether or not to time travel, and somehow that's not interesting. <laughs> and and it, on a uh, alien planet, by the way, on an alien planet. Yeah, it's almost like you know at this point where it's like, okay, I've had enough, and and yeah. it doesn't. While it's connected with. You know the ship above being from the future and stuff—they're very disconnected. So it's almost like we stopped and restarted a different movie. Yeah, and where I was just already sold on being done. Well, it's like this would be yeah. a good. This would be good stuff for like a sequel, like where you've already established the relationship between Will and Doctor Smith, and now you have a film that's focused on what happens when they get older, and it's just them. Like that's an, that seems like an intriguing idea. Oh boy, this effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's the bad special effects. Oh boy. That's yeah. some Scorpion King stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a Genesis Mortal Kombat villain. Oh my. Yikes. Is any of this practical? <laughs> practically terrible <laughs> I can tell you Gary Oldman was not wearing mocap <laughs> <laughs> do you think Gary Oldman ever got into a mocap suit during Dawn of the Planet of the Apes just to see what it was like <laughs> I like, would like, like, like Andy was like hey Gary <laughs> come here I'm gonna show... Toby and I wanted to play a game <laughs> well he was in uh, all three Batman movies Mr. Gordon was mocap suits yeah, yeah. He just couldn't grow the he couldn't grow that stash right, so they had yeah, exactly. mocap. The yeah, mocap. Thing. Yeah, it was no one was really against it, but uh, Jonathan pushed him. <laughs> always the mustache. Yeah, always the mustache. By the way, William Hurt's still not in this movie. By the way, even though he's in oh, an he's intense not... action sequence, he's still not on. It's coming later. It's still coming later. Is it he when better. his name's oh, yeah. in the credits at the end? No, I'll, I'll, no, you'll, no I'll, I'll tell you exactly when, because it's, it's, a, it's a key line he has to say, and he delivers it with every amount of energy he ever had, could have had. That was probably what he read in the script to say yes. Mm-hmm. God, I can't wait to that. do that scene. 20 minutes. Yeah. We got 20 minutes. 20. Okay, so we've established already <laughs> that the spiders eat their wounded. Okay, but then we, we learned that so this, when you get scratched by a spider, you become them, and now there's this new part of if you open up a mutated spider person, automatically there are baby spiders inside of them? That sounds horrifying. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be an egg sack on him, but it just looks like he oh, just got... Oh, man, if he would have gone to the, the right. little bit more to the right, he would have gone back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. 
Yeah, it seems like a terribly dangerous way to travel through time if yeah. the edges of it can murder you. How can, how can you just get one? Like, couldn't they just jump through together? Like, I don't... It there's, It's very careful calculations that Will Robinson made, and very much danger. But it's, yeah. like, st- still much... Mm. Yeah, it's, Danger, it's Will funny, Robinson! Like, if the thing closes after William Hurt jumps through, fine. But then it's, like, still open. Yeah, it's still to, like, open, and they're, they're like... Yeah, they're looking at him, and he's, like, saying... to each yeah. other. It's, it's, like, hey, it's, good, it's good to see you. And they're all talking to him, knowing that he's about to get, like, crushed by the planet. So it's really sad, also. Hmm. Anyway, uh, William Hurt's still not acting, even though he just like had to do a big stunt sequence and save his child. It's uh, he's still not actually involved in the movie. <laughs> like looking through that portal, I'm like, what am I looking at? Like, where is he gonna go when he jumps? Yeah, he's just like fall right into like where the ship took off. But he like ends up getting like in the ship. And oh, yeah, they 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 uh, recorded just right. I don't know, whatever. Good job, Wes, for saving Doctor Smith. Apparently, yeah. what up? But, okay, well, that's the other thing too. They can't. T- he can't time travel. Yet they were able to drag the robot back through time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he just walked through the they bubble. Just, they just, we just walked through the bubble. But you don't want to be in this version of the time. Because they're about to, like, fail. Let's, let, hold on. Let's pause for a second. There's only enough time for one person to time travel. That's the whole crux of this, like, there's a giant glowy bubble that we can jump through. And yet the rest of them just, like, walked back through time. Like, yeah, easily. Yeah. Just they just walked. They just walked. Like, they just walked! Like, this whole plot, the whole plot revolves around how they're stuck in time. Yet there's a bubble, like, right next to them. They, like, and they got into a fight about this? They could have just walked out. <laughs> like, why'd but you even build still be that, on the man? planet. Yeah, but the, the ship's right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Am I wrong about it? Am I missing something in this? And, <laughs> like, no, you are correct. Aaron, just... I need to thank you. I was about to say this was a good movie. You <laughs> saved me. You right. saved me. They just walked. <laughs> and we know it works because the robot went through. So it's not just and like... And so did oh, Matt LeBlanc. Well, but I'm saying it's not only just like... Not only past people can oh, go yeah, back yeah, through. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah right. no, the, clearly the future people can because the robot is there now. Like, it, 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 or it, is it because the was the the original... The other robot was destroyed, right? Yeah, so but... So maybe it, he took well, the place well, hang of on. the well, now, So now, now I'm being more confused because Will's building did a new he, robot. Did, did, did they travel... Just walk back to the past before or after the time bubble did its thing, like evaporated or whatever the heck just happened. Well, it's still evaporating. Like that's the thing right now. Like it's not. Uh, okay. It's not completely evaporated. And so now... I, I, I understandably, it'd be difficult for them currently to get back through time because of the whole like things are blowing up around them. But earlier, like when they first walked through, they could have been like, "Hey, if anybody's here from the future." You know, come back this way and we'll go to the past. It's right here. Like, th- they could have done that. Like, he's mildly disappointed that that happened. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he, he, he gives, oh, like, man, a look to, he gives, like, a side of the side, and then he's like, all right, well, time to trouble, trouble time to troubleshoot my way through this one. Like, that's really all he has. His is he's more like, like, oh, now I'm going to have to figure a way to get myself out of uh, here. All of this said, 
Will Robinson still has the right idea as far as let's just stop this whole fucking thing from happening. Like, that makes the most right. sense to me. <laughs> not just like, let's go two minutes. It's not Galaxy Quest. It's like, let's not use the Omicron 32 or whatever. Like, let's let's let's, let's stop this mission from happening. It's a disaster. Yes. People are dying. Like, this, this thing needs to not happen whatsoever because we can stop Dr. Smith from being involved in it. And, you know, done. Right. Like, this will be a successful mission. We'll build our gates will presumably stop whatever dystopian future Earth is in right now. Like, all that's... Right. Aren't, they, aren't they not allowed to be with one another in the past? Like, I, I don't duplicate them in the past. I, I don't know. Christopher Lloyd survived, so it made sense. Um, but yeah. like, <laughs> this whole thing, it's more like, well, William Hurt, like, felt mildly annoyed about his family dying, so I guess he should be the one that goes through time. Yeah, like... It's a really weird logic of, like, how we're doing this. That's not William Hurt. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's not falling through anything. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc's like, yeah, I time travel too. Nobody gave me a big hug. <laughs> oh, what, because he fell through the roof? He's all good now? Everybody, this is great. I'm going to die. I've had a horrible life, and now I'm going to die. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, old Will. Not voiced by Jared Harris. Yes. I spent decades living with a Spider-Man, and not the cool kind of Spider-Man. <laughs> God's sake, son, get a haircut. Everyone's very dirty right now, by the way. Everyone's covered. Take a shower. All right, I'm going to die now. Bye. <laughs> I, instead of letting it all destroy me, I could just try to jump, and if I die that way, well, hey, I tried. He said only room for one person or some nonsense. He didn't try to figure, you know, he didn't you know, test that out. Well, and also, you know, that portal was still open. I mean, also, what, what the hell? Why was it... Did they, Either was, just get exploded or died trying to travel through time. Was there something that they suddenly just had, which is why they could do the time travel then, also? Like... Well, I don't know. How did he change the focus from going back to Earth to, like, something I couldn't see to something I couldn't see to something I couldn't see to inside the ship? He just thought really hard about it, and it happened. Yeah. Just... He was able to change it because there's like 12 minutes of the movie left. That's oh, here's how the, he was the, able to change it. There's the Gary Oldman. He says, we're doomed. We're doomed. He did the old Smith thing, and then he gets punched <sighs> out. Yeah. Okay, here, okay. The, the, we're coming up on William, William Hurt starts acting in this movie. It's coming up. It's going <laughs> to stick around, folks. He's, he's no, prepping. Because they're, they're debating like how they're going to get this, and he's going to deliver this line right now. He's going. He's. They're going to like. How do we get? How do we get out of this? And he's going to say like, we can't go up. That's bad. He's going to say, here it is. There it is, right there. We go through the planets. We use the gravitational pull and go out the other side. Like, watch his face. He's going to be so more into this right now. Oh, my. Yeah, see, like, look how lively he is. Look how his eyes are bugging it. Like, he's, he's like, really into this. He's enthusiastic because he knows he's almost done. Well, maybe he filmed these scenes first. And he's like, oh, I got to do more of this. <laughs> It's just the way he. Or it was the last day. In Look, he's like smiling. You've never, I've never seen him smile in this movie until just now. Yeah, you're right. He showed an emotion. Yeah. I mean, the, to characterize him before this, it was yawn. Yeah. It was pretty much everything. Okay, here comes your 4D experience. Biff <laughs> <laughs> Tannen gonna come out. I saw your ship. <laughs> oh, back to the future of the ride joke. That's good. Oh. <laughs> I hope the T-Rex comes in here. <laughs> there should be... This movie should have made room for, like, one more monster, like, attack them while they're going through the planet. 
Somehow it's like what would it look like? Action. We've seen what it looks like with the budget no. shot. Everyone is having a blast right now avoiding certain doom, by the way. Like, they're having so much fun <laughs> yeah. in this scene. I'm just, I'm telling you, this is like, somehow this is where everyone started acting like they knew what movie they were in. Like, they're, like, every, like every single Maybe person. they shot goes. this first. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems that way, right? Because <laughs> they're not acting against anything. There's just, you know, green screen in front of them. And somehow they're like, you know what? This is fun. <laughs> like, I get this movie. Especially William Hurt, though, because he has that line. It's like, we go through the planets. And it's like, so, it's delivered with so much gusto. You get the Smith, we're doomed, we're doomed, we're doomed. Uh huh. Well, it's like, I mean, it's another thing, Scott, you kind of say, where like, we spend the whole movie getting to the point where they're at the point where they're supposed to be to begin with. Right. Like, ah! This is, this is the, the, the origin story is over. Now they're the thing that you came to see to begin with. Now they've confirmed that they are lost in space. Yes, they're even more lost. They're loster in space. Boom. I'd like to. I'd like to think that they made like four of these, and every one of them ended with a planet exploding as they flew away, <laughs> <laughs> killing millions. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible family. That was one of the most populated planets in the universe. They just never ran into anybody while they were down there. I mean, there were species. There were species on that planet. What? And there were species on that planet, and who knows yes. the ramification yep. it has to the rest of that solar system. This is how the movie needed to end. Where they say like, "What do we do now?" And then William Hurt like says, "I guess we're lost." And then he looks into the camera <laughs> in space. Credits. That's how I end the movie. Yeah, the Moby remix, Lost in Space. I don't mind the the, the remix theme that they use for the movie. Call us Moby or the Chemical Brothers. We need the kids to dance to it. See, like, they're they're up there. The CG guy's still here. Uh, the, The light of no one. He's like a stage three like this is you know when they're like mm-hmm. early screening it but he's not he's got like four more stages from being finished yeah like we haven't put the texture on him yet yeah there's like no yeah there's yeah. no texture wait and oh, like, that's, how's this look that's why they gotta get lost. like him that's why they gotta get lost or there's a black hole because of the planet they just destroyed see those are horrible ramifications of the universe that they just did they created a black hole <laughs> yeah but also it's like guess what we we just accomplished what we needed to do Here's some more crap we got to deal with. Like, stop it. Just stop it. End your movie. You're done. Dun, 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 dun. Good. This, this is a very <laughs> 90s credit scene, by the way. Yep. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> the flashes of the old of the old show and stuff. Yeah. Fun with the font. How'd you like it, fans? Yeah, it's not aged well. Oh, what I was, what was? I don't think it did. Did it age well after it was a week old? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, as I said, I liked the first 30 minutes. I remember enjoying the finale more when I first saw it. You know, maybe it was a big screen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if it just kind of sure. just goes on. Like, that's, that's, yeah. That's, what yeah. That... Oh, that's the credit right there. Gary Oldman, William Hurt, Lost in Space. Matt LeBlanc. Who's next, Mimi? You know, Mimi, Mimi Rogers. Rogers. Heather Graham. Probably Graham, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lacey. Jack Johnson. <laughs> With about... Lenny James as... And Jared Harris. Jared Harris. Not his voice. Oh, we're done with the... 
That's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Oh, there are producers on this movie too, Hopkins and Goldsman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They better be. <laughs> Somebody that. needed to take the fall. You get that money back. <laughs> you're like Hopkins, you're getting a producer credit. No, no. <laughs> we saw the dailies. You're getting a producer credit. The song really is the best part of this movie. It is. <laughs> it's exciting. And you're happy it's over. Like, it's really... It actually has has a connection to the old show, so that's nice. Thanks for the effects, Angus Bickerton. I was watching. What was I? I was watching. Um, I had. Uh, I was watching the um, the the Sub Zero Blu-ray for Batman the Animated Series, and it has mm-hmm. all the it has all the Mister Freeze episodes on it. Yeah. Um, in, in standard mm. in standard def. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but they have the Batman Beyond episode involving Freeze, which I never saw before. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's pretty good, but it's hardcore. But yeah, when I forgot, I haven't watched Batman Beyond in forever, and so I forgot that the opening credits of the Batman Beyond is very '90s, like very. Oh, it's like this. Yeah, it's just like this. It's like it's it's a very end of '90s, Nine Inch Nails light like type of like approaching things. It's like oh, I forgot how extreme this show is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, it's Batman in the extreme. Yeah, yeah, like like there's a rave happening at every. Like point in the city at all times. There's a whole portion of it that's devoted to a rave sequence of that opening credit sequence. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've got like oh. designer drugs and oh. stuff. Yeah. We couldn't put Doctor Smith slash Spider Smith. We had to credit Gary Oldman. He gets two credits. He gets credited yeah. twice. That has. I'm so curious how that works. That has to be like a manager thing, like or like his or his agents like making mm. that work. Like that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I find billing so fascinating as far as how it works. Oh yeah. Like I was watching Avengers the other day, and um, it's it's Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, then Mark Ruffalo, then Chris Hemsworth, and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then and then in Age of Ultron, it's Robert Downey Jr., Hemsworth, Ruffalo, and then Evans. I'm like, how did this? What what was what went on here that they needed to put Hemming Hemsworth in the in the second billing after this? I, I just I want to know those details. I want to know who's arguing for which things happen where. Well, I thought that like in Last Jedi, like Lupita Nyong'o gets like billing over Don Hall Gleason. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. a bunch of other people who are in the movie for more than two seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was it Spider Man? Gwyneth Paltrow's billed like fourth in that movie. <laughs> it gets crazy. Which is both inaccurate and a spoiler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Age of Ult- or uh, Infinity War, it's and Chris Pratt. So I just I like this. I like I like I like knowing these. <laughs> like I want to I want to know these more about these details about how these things happened. Who who is it with? With is a, jo- with jo- a, a Josh Brolin. Josh. Oh, okay. It's with Josh Roland. Where is it? I have it too, right in front. Of, where is it? I have this poster. <laughs> it's fascinating. Anyway, they're still doing the theme. They're doing some kind of music. For, I don't even know what this is now. Yeah. I apologize. I must dash. That's all right. We're, we're, ra- we're wrapping up here. Scott, where can people find more of you online? Forbes. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining Forbes. us. Forbes.com, the ticket mm-hmm. booth, blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for our Lost in Space commentary, Scott. Thank you very much. It was a good time with Tad. For sure. Thank you much. All right. There's still four minutes left in this. Movie. Oh yeah, we got we're sticking. It's two hours and ten minutes, and we're sticking with it, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's with Josh Brolin and Chris Pratt. <laughs> okay. 
summer box office king josh brolin like and it's not even it's not alphabetical it's all because it's all over the place it's here i'll read it because everyone that's listening to the lost in space commentary wants to know the infinity war billing order you have downey jr hemsworth ruffalo evans johansson which makes sense you know that's like the that's like a lot of the core right there then you get cumberbatch Mm -hmm. sheetle and you're like okay it's going alphabetical tom holland still doing it okay chadwick boseman like all right, oh. Paul Bettany, okay, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony Mackie. It's like, oh yeah, Sebastian Stan, Denai Guerrero, Letitia Wright, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, with Josh Brolin and Chris Pratt. That is all over the place. <laughs> so, so Vision gets higher billing than the, all of the Guardians. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And well, no, no like, uh, like some of that's. Cool. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was like, no Bradley Cooper. Right. Okay. In the that's in the that's in the um the top credits like on the, above the title in the like sub like in the oh. in the tiny writing, um you have all of that I said and you add in. Let's see. Oh, after Sebastian Stan, you get Tom Hiddleston, Idris Elba, Peter Dinklage, uh, Benedict Wong, Palm Clementif, Karen Gillan, Dave Bautista. So, so yeah, it's like all yeah all the Guardians. Then Vin Di- featuring Vin Diesel is Groot, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Gwyneth Paltrow. With Benicio del Toro, with Josh Brolin, and Chris Pratt, <laughs> it is a uh, it's doing something that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Lost in Space. This movie's ending. <laughs> it's still well, there, um... there's the the Blop Animation Unit. So yep, we can... there it is. <laughs> Those the people that we can blame. Um, what else on this movie? Didn't have a sequel. Didn't have a sequel. Uh, Lost in Space seems to be a property that wants to get resurrected a lot. <laughs> or not a lot, but, I mean, it's a well that people want to go back to. Well, it's a good, like, basic premise for any kind of thing. It's like people, family yeah. in space. I mean, that's... You know. It could be anything, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's like Land of the Lost. And it could it be yeah. time well, traveling it, and mutant spider people. Yeah. Well, it's one of those... Um, properties were like uh, it's this thing but in space it's swiss family robinson in but space. in space yeah music yeah. is awful i'm not even gonna be clever it's just a bad song oh they use crystal method yeah it's crystal one. method yeah that's what i was like I yeah, know okay. this song. yeah it's one of those techno groups yeah there was only like five then yeah you got them and them and um <laughs> Chemical Brothers, Chemical Moby, Brothers, Moby, Batboy Slim, Batboy Slim, whoever did Blue, the Prodigy, <laughs> Prodigy, was, that, I mean, Prodigy was, was huge. Eiffel Five or something. Eiffel sixty five is Blue. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I- Iron Man three is Eiffel sixty five. Eiffel sixty five. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, guys. Good man. We uh, we watched this movie twice in a week. Oh, <laughs> I will retire it. Well, with that in mind, where can people find more of your guys' work online? Let's start with Brandon. Uh, you can find me at wiseoblue.com and, oh, call to mccavalcade.com with... Cohen Bricker. That's me! Uh, we have the, the site, Cavalcade. We also have our YouTube channel that we just uh, started recently. You can just look us up on for Cult Cinema Cavalcade on uh, YouTube. We're on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. We're on Instagram at CC Cavalcade. And just look us up on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can find me writing about TV shows at We Live Entertainment, where I'm currently covering the Americans in Atlanta. And you can find me writing movie reviews over 
on also on Wheel of Entertainment and uh, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. And yeah, you can find all the other episodes of this podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, everywhere. You know where you can find us at this point. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to this commentary track. Thank you, Scott, who left us already, as well as you guys, Brandon and Cullen, for joining me for this Lost in Space commentary track. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For sure. This was fun. And what's next? May is... Ne- oh, the- next month, Christmas comes early because we get a new Star Wars movie next month. <laughs> so I guess our uh, our our yearly uh, devotion to doing Star Wars commentary tracks during the month of a new Star Wars movie means we'll be doing one next month. Um, and what did we do last? Empire? Did we do Empire last? Empire, right? yep. Empire. So that means we do Revenge of the Sith next? We've been jumping back and forth through trilogies, I believe. So, <laughs> so I guess that's the one we're doing. Um... We'll figure that out. But yeah, we'll probably do... Uh, I guess it probably makes more sense to do Return of the Jedi since Han Solo is in that damn movie. So I mean, <laughs> I guess that's probably the way to go. We'll figure that out. But yeah, expect a Star Wars commentary track next month. Um, finally, Well, pre- doesn't, it, doesn't Revenge of the Sith have like a... Like if you look closely, you can see a Corellian cruiser. There is that. There's a Millennium Falcon in there. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. Uh, it, here, here, this will be the test. If... Um, if Jimmy Smith is in Solo, a Star Wars story, then we'll definitely do Revenge of the Smith, the Sith. That's how we'll do. Revenge of the Sith. But Smiths. it's also yeah. it's also a Star Wars story, and we have another a Star Wars story that we could go. And that's cover that's as true well. too. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot to consider, a lot to consider. So maybe we'll just do an Ewok movie. Regardless, that's going to do it for this week's uh, commentary no! track. No. Um, until the worst of Darth Vader. No. <laughs> that's all for this one. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Putting the pedal to the metal. Here goes.